Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, this is Charlie Benante with Anthrax, and you are listening to the Shout It Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus. What is this? You guys are something. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, poison. Oh. Ah, this is poison. <laughs> <laughs> this is so horrible. I can't even begin to talk about how much this sucks. Yeah, yeah, really. Look at these butt knockers. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, let me tell you what I want. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Remember back when they used to like play videos by these guys all the time? Yeah, that really sucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing they're gone. Yeah, really. <laughs> Wait a minute. That dude right there? I think he's that dude that drives the snack truck now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's right. He's got like a mustache now, and he's just got long hair in the back. Yeah, yeah, that's him. <laughs> <laughs> I bet these guys, like, practice their little wussy dance moves. Yeah. <laughs> up, two, three, four, and kick, and two. <laughs> Poison. <laughs> Bobby, I smeared my lipstick when I kept my finger. Could I borrow some of yours? <laughs> You're a little too good at that, Beavis. <laughs> Bobby. Cece. And Brett. <laughs> and don't forget Ricky. <laughs> Greetings uh, and salutations. Welcome to the Shout It Out Loudcast. Uh, don't turn your <laughs> rock and roll radio radio dial. Uh-uh. No way. No way, son. And oh, because you're in the right place. Uh. The album review crew is back with episode 20. We are calling this one. What you heard about us was probably right. Because we're all about number one and satisfaction guaranteed. And we and as we had a recent friend say, you want me to cry tough? Fuck off. Tommy Zeus, pick up that mic and talk to me, baby. Oh, boy. Yeah, if you can believe it, people. Yes, the band that is the whipping boy of the album review crew <laughs> is now in the spotlight today. And uh, and and join and joining us soon will be the great Chris Jericho. But for uh, for now, it's your uh, it's your friendly neighborhood album review crew team doing some of the intro work here. So, yes, this is Sonny's selection. So yeah. fucking shit on him. Blame it on you. 
<laughs> Blame it on you. Yes. Sonny has no pizzazz or razzmatazz. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be an interesting episode. We have, um, and we talk about a little bit on, later when Chris is on. So Sonny's unique way of selecting this album. <laughs> and he just had done it not too long. And if you play this, what's going to be talking about, and you guys will know that shortly the three of us will be on talk is Jericho and we're doing an album clash of rat out of the Celeverse invasion, your privacy. Mm-hmm. We had a ton of fun on that. Please go find it. Go listen to it. If you follow us, I'm sure you're probably listening to Chris. So that just is going about to be released. We were holding back on that for quite some time. Chris says to us, all right, next one I got. How about poison? Look what the cat dragged in verse. Open up and say, ah. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. So we had to tell him, like, we're about to do it. And without hesitation, without an invite yet, <laughs> Chris is like, I'm in. You can't do this episode without me. <laughs> so we're like, okay. I like our episodes that we have no time restraints and we go and we talk and like whatever. But I'm like, the three of us and we're adding Chris. I'm like, how the fuck is this going to go? Because he's not somebody you would say is not a talker. <laughs> yep. So. Somehow we are going to manage to make this thing work. And I think that you guys are going to fucking love this episode. Mm -hmm. So Chris will come on. He'll break down the album with us and he'll do his rankings at the end. And then we're going to get back to our regular scheduled program and do our regular scheduled thing. But as we always start these episodes, we always begin with the previous episode and we start with polls. Tom, want to start us off? Yep, so last uh, episode of Album Review Crew, we did uh, Once Bitten by Great White. Uh, That was my pick. And uh, the poll is always uh, favorite song off the album. And the options for that were Rock Me, Lady Red Light, All Over Now, and Save Your Love. And uh, to no surprise, Rock Me, the big hit, ran away with the poll, 48%. Save Your Love, the other big hit, 22%. Lady Red Light, 17%. And coming up the rear and deserved better was All Over Now at 13%. You'll hear... Chris even mentions how he thinks that that song should have been a hit when it came out um, because it was great, great song. So a a lot of comments here from people that um, really this is this is a weird album because like we talked about Great White and how they're kind of just there. Nobody really hates Great White. No one really loves Great White. So a lot of people are kind of just, you know, they're there. Um, but we did get some comments and, you know, our buddy Deuce Rock Me is the song to put Great White on the map. And as good as it is, I still prefer All Over Now. See? Our buddy Steve, Lady Red Light for me. Great song on a great album. Um, our buddy Steve from uh, On The Fly podcast, he kills it on Save Your Love. Talking about Jack Russell. Yes, he does. DG from Tennessee. All these are fantastic songs. This album should have been huge. Voted Rock Me, but love them all. Uh, Suswicken uh, something. I can't read that that Twitter page. Something we can win. I used to love all of them, but my COVID escape was to teach myself bass by tackling the songs I love, yet I really shouldn't try yet, which made me aware of just how bluesy this album is, just how bad I am at playing the bass. Ballads are much harder to play. Michael Cooper, very hard to choose for me. I chose Save Your Love. Tim Terrell, all of them. 
great set of songs. Posse Vertala, Lady Red Light. Justin McDonald ranks the four. Rock Me, All Over Now, Lady Red Light, Save Your Love. Lynch Mob, 1414, All Over Now, I love that tune. Enoch, Lady Red Light, hard to find a better guitar intro. And we did say that about that when we were talking about that. And then we have a couple of comments um, that are episode specific. You know, we always open up with some some poll comments. So some episode specific comments here. Uh, Alessandro Rook was a big fan of this album and its follow up. Um, our buddy Deuce and Steve, as always, given their rankings, which is great. Sonny's brother, Danny. First time I actually bought some songs due to your episode. I bought Save Your Love, Lady Red Light, and On the Edge. I wanted to buy Rock Me, but couldn't find a version on iTunes under seven minutes. Uh, and then, of course, Sonny gets in and says, um, they have this thing called Spotify. You don't have to buy songs anymore. Welcome to 2021. <laughs> uh, and then our buddy Murph. Ugh. Just like the rat review, I'll skip the music and stay for the banter. Oh, come on, Murph. And then Ray Farrow says, is there a Sam Goody on Sonny Pooney's Desert Island? Are they really Desert Islands if you can have an unlimited amount? Come on, man. Shouldn't be more than five. Narrow that shit down. Great show as always on the album review crew. Jim McClanahan, All Over Now is the best song on a great album. If there were more songs like All Over Now on Twice Shy, I wouldn't have stopped listening to them. Great album, start to finish, great work, production, vocals, all around great. Uh, Our buddy Nige. They were sleazy like rat. They weren't heavy like Motley. They weren't awful like poison. Beautiful poetry right there, Tom. I love it. And how ironic is now we're doing a poison episode. Uh, Twisted Kister. Their highs weren't quite as high as any of those three bins, but I'll take Great White's full catalog out of the four. Talking about Motley Crue, Rat, and Poison. West Beach. Wouldn't have been my choice, but we'll give it a listen. Pretty much agree with everything you guys had to say. Comments about a couple of our Kiss episodes as well. Steve DeDisco, never listened to it. I will give it a go. And then he comments again. I listened to it today. My first impression, besides Jack's vocals, is that it is better than Tesla Mechanical Residence. Woo, yikes. Yeah, and then some more comments here from our good friend Nige. DG from Tennessee, great album, highly underrated band. Uh, a lot of great comments. Eric Sloss says, great album, my favorite album by Great Right. My first introduction to them. So good stuff. A lot of people uh, who love this band love this album. So that's some Twitter feedback there, Zeus. Awesome. Let's uh, go over to Facebook. And on Facebook, we're starting with our Facebook page. And uh, hey, before I get started, you want to thank the curmudgeon? No. Yes, we'll thank the curmudgeon for the intro music. <laughs> his music's better than his music is better than his attitude. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should mention him or his band. Oh yeah, Tony from Restrained. There you go. Our good friend AKA Tony. Curmudgeon. Yeah. <laughs> Smiley face Tony. Restrained. They just released God of War last year. And I believe they're working on a new album that should be coming out. And Tony's gonna try to hijack the Kiss Cruise and have Restrained take the stage <laughs> since every other friggin' band is not playing anymore on there. Yeah, and Chris ain't there. They should bring Restrained. That'd be a good idea. Absolutely. All right. Let's get into these comments. Brad Rustovin, great episode, guys. Zeus, White Snake slash Great White was my first concert as well. Uh, November 15, 1987, Omaha, Nebraska. Amazing show. White Snake had just started their headlining promoting the 87 album as they've been opening for Motley Crue on Girls, Girls, Girls tour up until a couple weeks before the show. Great album pick, Tom. I am a big fan of Great White. Jack's voice is amazing. Uh, while side one of one spin is just about perfect. They lose me with some filler on side two. 
My all-time great white album is Psycho City from 1992. So, anyway. Miserable Musalem, Tony, is next. (laughs) Great record. And yeah, she's hot. But what the hell is up with her bangs? It looks like she cut her own hair with a seashell. Jesus Christ. It's 87. Miserable curmudgeon. <laughs> That's going to be the name of the next restrained album. The curmudgeon. The curmudgeon. Now, although it is a great song by Nirvana. I was just going to say, it's a great deep cut by Nirvana. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, just, uh, <laughs> that just erased the possibility of it being an album name. Yeah, that's true. Great. You guys both hate Nirvana. I know. Uh, Daniel Peoples. My era of fanhood exists mainly from the next album on, but there's definitely some cool stuff on this and previous albums. Looking forward to listening to the episode. Michael Anderson, great episode, fellas. Never was a great white fan, mostly due to those chop bangs and a fa- and a fateful of nose. Oh, geez. I appreciate it more now, but the guitar tone and drums sound very 80s thin. Mm. Uh, Heath Negley. Great first episode for me to listen to from you guys. Great White is definitely in my top 10. Sometimes can get to my top five, not top 50, Sonny. It was <laughs> nice to actually hear nice thought out podcasts about one of my favorite bands. I really think some of the late work in the 90s was better. Psycho City, Let It Rock, Can't Get There From Here are great albums. I really think that Great White has been underrated and deserve more love. The blues rock sound never gets old for me. Late at night, usually after too many pops, I find myself putting on my GW mix and letting them take me away. Great stuff. Wow, nice. Very cool. Uh, Max Lynch, three points I want to touch on regarding this album and episode. First, the comment about teasing the chorus and then heading back into the second verse. The reason that isn't done that much is that it's thought to be pushing the hook chorus too far back in the track, affecting the attention span. Second, was surprised the review group didn't want the big vocal choruses like Bon Jovi or Leopard. Third, although good songs, the rhythm section doesn't shine. If they had a drummer like Frankie Banali, it would have made a world of difference. He brings an infectious energy that is undeniable, no matter the tempo. Uh, I've got to jump in here. I, I wouldn't be able to fucking tell the difference. I don't think the drumming is any reason why the album's not good or that it's bad. Frankie Manali's a good drummer. Rest in peace, by the way. But I, I don't know if I would have noticed anything. Yeah, yeah. He must be Max. Must play drums, or he's a yeah. musician of some sort, so he can yep. pick it up. Yep. Uh, Mike Medina, great album. Not my favorite great white album, as that honor goes to "Can't Get There From Here," but it. Wow. Did give me my favorite GW song, Lady Red Light. Mm-hmm. Our Mark Weiss, great episode. I was excited to listen to it when I saw the album. Great White is an underrated band and never gets their due. They are top 10 or top 15 band for me. Nice. Uh, Matt Wallace. This was a grand episode indeed. A thing of splendor, no doubt. Always fancy this fine album. When I watch the accompanying videos, as an old saying comes to mind, when the frost is on the pumpkin, it's time for Dinky Duncan. <laughs> oh, God. Let that sink in just like the teeth of a great white shark biting into Bridget Fonda's peach cheeks. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, man. Uh, 
Gordon Duncan. On Memorial Day weekend, I drove to the Indy 500 to celebrate my brother's retirement. That's about 12 hours in the car each way. I binged your album review episodes. Despite being a huge 80s metal fan, I have never listened to Once Bitten all the way through. And since I had the time, I decided that every time you talked about a song, I would pull it up, listen to it all the way through, and then listen to you. The album was so much better than I expected. You guys are hilarious, as always. And I'll come back to this album again soon. Thanks. Also, I would still love to interview you guys for my podcast. Thank you, Gordon. Oh, okay. Gordon, so so, so he, he was on a road trip and he was listening. What did he get to? Two episodes? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially if you listen to all the songs in full because you got to switch between Spotify and all that, right? Oh, shit. That's right. Now every episode's four hours. No there doubt. There you go. Good Lord. Uh, over on our group page, Brian Foster says, <laughs> another great episode with a great album. Sheldon Bergenheimer. Great episode. Five stars for the album review crew. Charles Eaton. Didn't get into Great White till the once bitten, twice shy explosion on MTV. Quickly found that their back catalog was much better. This one is probably their best in the GW catalog. Not one dud there in. Great mm-hmm. review. Spot on, Loudcasters. Nice. Thank you. Graham Richley. Any other Australian listeners know much about Great White? I heard the name, but never heard the music before. And now I know why. Without any nostalgic memories associated with them, I agree with Zeus's daughter. This isn't good, Daddy. <laughs> what? Wow. I don't think I remember her saying that about <laughs> Great White. But it is exactly the sort of hair metal album you would hear for the first time and you've already heard it before. Oh, no. Absolutely love the review, regardless. Hilarious and informative as always. And I've bought a handful of albums based on your review so far. So love the variety you guys bring. Nice. I, okay, thanks. I just have to think, disagree. I think Great White's a little different than most of those air bands. Oh, totally. Totally yeah. different. Yeah, it's yeah, more but- like blues rock and his voice is just yep. phenomenal. So yeah, it's yeah, not man. look what the it's not look what the cat dragged in. Oh, oh, <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, we are going to discuss, uh, look what the cat dragged in and, uh, ring the doorbell and see if, uh, Chris is available. So we're doing a little bit of a different episode the, uh, today we have a special guest that's joining us. Tom wanted to introduce our friend. Yeah, we've done, I think, 18 albums, and uh, we're blessed to have Chris Jericho for Poison. Look what the cat dragged in. Chris, welcome to the show for this fantastic and entertaining episode this is going to be. What's up, buddy? I'm I'm excited because we just did the uh, Rat Classic Album Clash, and somehow Poison came up in one of our texts, and I was like, oh, we should do a a, a Look What the Cat Dragged In versus Open Up and Say Ah Classic Album Clash. And you you guys said, well, we're one step further than you. We're going to do this... uh, special album on to- uh, talk uh look with the cat dragged in so i was like well you can't do that without me especially <laughs> with that piece of shit sunny Pooney's gonna be on <laughs> that is that is true you you literally said you can't do this episode without me <laughs> so and here we they, are they texted me i'm like he wants to do this why <laughs> <laughs> well the thing is about about this band like I'm assuming from from the vibes that you, that I've been getting, you guys are going to bag on this, and you know, we might as well just jump right in on this. When this album came out, I believe in 1986, it was right in the middle of kind of the whole thrash explosion 
for, for, uh, for me, power metal explosion in, in where I grew up. But there was something about, about Poison, about this band that I liked, and we'll get into it. So um, I'm actually really excited about this. Okay. Yeah, Tom, can you tell them, um, Chris, how it would go, hypothetically, if we put Open Up and Say Ah versus uh, Look What the Cat Dragged In? Uh, yeah, so, so if it would be go like this. So track one versus track one. Uh, yeah, they both suck. Uh, track two versus track two. Uh, yeah, they both suck. Track three, that's so... That, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're I'm kidding. teasing. We're all right. So You're here's teasing. what we do. When we first start off with the album, we talk about, and you kind of hinted at that, Chris. We always talk about, like, how did we get into this album or the band? You want to go in a little bit more detail about Poison and look what the cat dragged in, where you yeah, were? Sure. Like I said, so, so this came out right right when I was in uh, kind of in the middle of high school, grade, grade 11, I think, is when, is when it hit the hit hit the shelves for us in Canada. And it, it was right in the middle of like anthrax was huge at this point in time. I remember when, 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 um, when uh, among the living came out, it was like the whole school was all about anthrax, 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 maybe even more than Metallica at that point. Wow. And this kind of came out in that time frame, right? Uh, Iron Maiden somewhere in time. And, and uh, you know, right in between justice for all and, and, um, and uh, Master of Puppets. So it was a real kind of thrash vibe for me and my friends in school. But my one friend, he loved Guns N' Roses, and he started really getting into this song, Talk Dirty to Me, because of the video. And we actually used to have, uh, we call them air band contests in my high school. They're <laughs> lip syncing contests. And he actually did a, a Poison Talk Dirty to Me air band where he got <laughs> – four other cats and they they reenacted the video like throwing the guitars and the silly string and all that sort of shit and it was just so much fun to watch these guys and one last thing i'll say before i turn it over to you guys is that my high school band was called scimitar and scimitar uh of course is the curved sinbad the sailor sword and of course the t and the logo for scimitar <laughs> was a scimitar. How could it not be? <laughs> and we played nothing but Iron Maiden, Metallica, Megadeth, uh, all that sort of stuff. And and the one song that creeped in was Talk Dirty to Me. <laughs> oh, man. Because whenever we played the, the high school parties and stuff, all the dudes were amazed at our technical prowess to be able to play, you know, Seek and Destroy and and freaking Hallowed Be Thy Name. But we would throw this this song in and the girls would love it. And that's yeah. where like, wow. So if we play certain songs, chicks really love our band. We can still noodle away and all the dudes will think our, we were cool. But if we do talk dirty to me, then the girls will want to hang out with us too. So that was kind of the one song, like of all the songs of all the bands to choose when all we're doing is Maiden and Metallica and all this sort of stuff <laughs> is talk dirty to me to poison, but it worked to, to, ha to, to get the girls. And that's when we started th realizing, Holy shit. If you play a certain, certain way and play certain songs, girls will respond. Mm -hmm. And it was like, Oh yeah, that's yep. how it works. Yep. And poison yep. was kind of the bridge for that. Yep. Sonny. Uh, this is my senior year also. So it's coming out senior year. And um, every girl that I knew was talking about poison. So I'd at least get it on cassette. <laughs> and it wasn't really the first video that got me. It was talk dirty to me that hooked me too. I'm like, okay, that's at least fun. And then, oh my God, I went to go see poison live wall to wall. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. And the, so it's like, okay, where did I you guess I'm going to have uh, San Francisco Bay area. Gotcha. Yeah. So Metallica is, you know, all the yeah. t-shirts are at high school, but really because of LA, 
this kind of music is still hot on the radio. And, right. and when I've always said women are more loyal to the music they grow up to, they grew up with, like guys will move on. But that's why Poison concerts still sell. That's yeah. a great point. So I had to get the cassette. I ended up getting the CD later. I lost interest in Poison afterwards uh, fairly quickly. But, uh, yeah, well, women were the reason I got in. Yep. <laughs> Tom. Yeah, so Zeus and I are younger than you guys, obviously. So this album came out when we were in the seventh grade. So, but but it's funny because, and you, and you read stories about this album too, it came out, but it took a little while for it to kind of build up to where it became. So this album, for, for in my memory, was bigger when we were in high school, probably around freshman, sophomore year, 87, 88. And, and that's when... When video, when the talk dirty to me video, it seems like that's like the the go to point for everybody. As that video came out, and then like you, like you guys have said, girls started paying attention to this because it was a, it was a fun party anthem. It was you know you're 13, 14 years old at least for me in that era, and people just were. It, it, it was a unique band, obviously a visually stunning band, the the, the epitome of glam. So the, the you know everybody got the cassette. You know you listen to a couple songs, but talk dirty to me was always that go to point. Everybody played that. Everybody loved Poison. Now, for me personally, I never really got into the band. Uh, I don't own any other albums by Poison other than Look What the Cat Dragged In. Uh, I've seen them once when they opened up for Kiss, and I wasn't really paying attention to most of the show. I've just never really been into them. They're a fun band for for the era, but for me, I just don't think of all those bands, they just don't have that staying power. I mean, yeah, they're fun and nostalgic when you think about them, but to to, to sit down and say, I'm going to listen to a Poison album, it's just not something for me. Like all those bands from that era still to me, the music still sounds good. Some of it's dated, obviously, but those bands like, you know, like Dawkin and Rat and Crew and, you know, even 80s Kiss, like still listen to that today. Poison just doesn't kind of have that staying power for me. But I, I mean, I'm not going to deny the, the impact of this album and how huge they were. For me, I remember where I was exactly. I used to, so by junior high and things like that, I was uh, getting Hit Parader. I was getting Circus Magazine. And I knew the bands that were coming out because I was back into Kiss. I was buying. I was going to Harvard Square every week and getting the the metal magazines in Harvard Square. And then going to Tower Records and Strawberries. Remember Strawberries? And the Coop. And going and thumbing through albums. And I remember being homesick. Like, I remember this day well. And MTV, like, requested videos came on. And I saw a Talk Dirty Me video. And I was like, holy, you know when something's, uh, like, that's going to, like, do well. Like, look at these guys. And the one thing I want to say, and I'll probably talk about a little bit more in the video, is they look like, what am I missing? I didn't read about these guys. Holy fuck, these guys look like a big act. They're acting like they're huge. They're like having fun. They're you gotta tip the hat to them. They they you felt like like they don't give a fuck. It re- always reminds me of Kiss mm-hmm. in the early days where Kiss didn't care how right. ridiculous they looked or the looks they got. These guys are the same way. Like you know, people probably mocking them and pointing fingers and things like that. They didn't care. For right. me, I just it's the video and I bought the album. And then I bought the next one. And then I bought the next one. I mean, I was buying albums. Where were they in the hierarchy of my favorite bands? Probably towards the middle bottom. Like I'm like, okay, I like this because I like the era and I like the music. But the one thing I gotta say is 
they are, for good or bad, the poster child for what's called hair metal. Oh, no doubt. And they get it more than anybody. But they wave it, you know, the flag, really proud. And they have no fucking issues. And they're like, fuck you, you don't like us. So I will give them the credit for that. Because if you want to mock somebody or dismiss them, like the thrash bands would dismiss, they throw Poison's name out, they throw out Kip Winger and shit like that, and like mock them about being glam and image. And that's, but they don't give a fuck. So I, again, I tip the hat to them. They're, they're them. They're true to themselves and they're having fun doing what they want to do. Another, a great point you just made, Zeus, was that Poison was big right from the start. It's not like mm-hmm. there was a, an ascension. Like if you go back to Metallica or Anthrax, like we said, that were very popular at the time, they, they were one album, two album, third album, Among the Living, Master of Puppets. Those, those are the breakthrough records. This one, right out of the gate, record company was pushing them, like you said, as big stars. So that's where you were like, oh, what have I been missing with this? Uh, and, and there was nothing to miss. That, that's just the way that they were kind of presented. Once again, we talked about this on the Rat show, and you just mentioned Zeus about Dawkin, or maybe it was Tom that mentioned Dawkin and 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 and, and uh, Winger and and uh, Rat and and all that sort of stuff. The difference with Poison is, especially when you saw them live, is that Brett Michaels is a rock star. He's yes. a great to this day. Uh, I'm actually laughing about that show. It was supposed to be last year, then this year, then next year. That stadium show, Crew and Def Leppard. I would be mm-hmm. worried if I was them because Poison's going to fucking blow them away mm-hmm. because Brett Michaels is the quintessential rock and roll frontman. He's better than Vince Neil. He's better than Joe Elliott. Um, and then that's why it's like Poison's dangerous and they always have been for that reason. It's the same reason why Brett can go out on his own and play almost the same size venues as Brett Michaels. Whereas, you know, Tom Kiefer goes out or Don Dawkins goes out. No one really cares. Brett Michaels goes out and everyone's there. Like you said, the chicks are still there. He's the heart and soul of, of, of the group because, and he's a great uh, connecting with the crowd front man. He's just seems like a cool guy that you want to party with and, and not to drop names, but I have hung out with him a few times and he is that guy. He's just a cool dude who loves hanging out and playing rock and roll and, and, and having some drinks and banging hot chicks. And it's like, that's pretty fucking <laughs> cool, man. What's, what's not to like about that? It's a yeah. great, it's a great point. It's a great point, Chris. And that was the, that was one of the things I, I had in my notes too, was, was Brett Michaels is so poison had like the perfect storm and Brett Michaels is kind of like that, like the, the crux of that perfect storm. He has a good voice. It's not a great voice, but he's, he's, he, he look he's a good looking guy. Yeah. I mean, he was a great looking guy when they were at that peak and he's still a good looking guy. He can pull off all those different looks, the super glammy look, the country guy with the cowboy hat look. Right. But they came out right when Metal, uh, excuse me, when MTV, they they were everything. MTV existed for bands like Poison, and That's Poison right. and Poison knew that. So you add that visual, that visually stunning aspect of the band with unmistakable pop metal hooks that you just can't deny. Whether you, la- I mean, even before we started recording, Chris. The three of us were like singing unskinny bop, you know, from right. one of their other albums. <laughs> bop, 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 bop. Because regardless of if you love or hate that song, it's like it's a pop metal earworm. And that's they were gifted at that. And Brett Michaels, like you said, unbelievable frontman, had the looks, had the sound, had the sex appeal, had the 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 crowd control. And you, like Zeus, you said it. You can say everything you want about poison, and I'm sure we will, but you can't deny their impact. And another thing about poison. 
you say the epitome of glam. Yeah, they probably are. But the thing about them is that they have that power. They have those record sales, those stadium sellouts. Some people might say, oh, Britney Fox might be glammy or Vinnie Vincent Invasion might be glammy. <laughs> yeah, but they but they don't they don't have the pull and the power of poison. And everybody knows that. So poison kind of checks off all those boxes. And I think I, you got to give them credit for that. Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Yeah. Well, and, and it's like you said, too, with, with, with Brett kind of being a mainstream star, who's really kind of catapulted poison into legendary status, basically because of Brett, yep. you know, you wouldn't see the, the, the you know, the, the Don Doc and rock of love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think chicks are lining up to date Don Doc. <laughs> exactly. It wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't work as well. And Brett is yep. perfect for that. So yep. I, I think w- once again, the band has become bigger, uh, be much because the, the the it's it's the same reason if you read that book that I told you guys about uh, nothing but a good time yeah we have book, it there it is right there wow yep. <laughs> on call yep, they talk a lot they talk a lot about about Cinderella in there about how Cinderella was huge right out of the gate but mm-hmm. the reason why Cinderella wasn't able to to bridge to the arenas is nobody in the band was really a mainstream star nobody in the band was really a star at all 
Mm-hmm. And that's what Poison has with Brett Michaels to where even Def Leppard, if you know Def Leppard, you do. But if not, not my, my wife doesn't know the names of anyone really in Def Leppard. You know, we're friends with Phil Collin, but if we weren't, she wouldn't know that's Phil Collin. Motley Crue, well, there's Tommy Lee. He's the guy with the big cock because he banged Pamela <laughs> Anderson. And there's Brett, Brett Michaels. So he was in the Rock of Love, and he's really popular. There's there's a guy in the band that's a star, like Anthrax. So there's there's the guy with the beard. That's Scott Ian. You know the guys, those bands have a star that you know. And Brett's one of the biggest from that era, almost bigger than anybody with the exception of the guys in Motley Crue, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, and he's done a good job staying relevant. So, Chris, you were talking about exactly. That. He That's was right. just on the Mass Singer, right? Oh, there you so- go. Yeah, but but so, at Sunny, he's on the mass singer because everyone knows him. Oh, that's 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 the guy from Poison. As soon as he started doing that shuffle, I'm like, you don't even gotta take his mask off. I know who that is. <laughs> exactly. Yep. yep. So what we do next is we go into album covers. <laughs> oh shit. Here we go. <laughs> this is <laughs> you know this album cover. If you grew up in this era and you listen to this music, you know this album cover. Anybody want to start? Chris, do you want to go? To this day, I still claim that Ricky Rocket is one of the hottest women I've ever seen <laughs> on the cover of that album. I remember seeing that. And I remember, like you said, remember where you were? I remember walking to Records on Wheels in Winnipeg, Canada, and seeing that and going, holy shit. Like, this might have been, I think this is before Vixen, but like before this, there was like girl school and yeah. all these kind of like ugly chick bands where you're like, oh, they're terrible. You know, Hart was okay. Nancy Wilson's hot. Ann Wilson really isn't. And then you see this and you're like, these, all four of these chicks are amazing. Like, and that one right there is the hottest thing I've ever seen in my life. I remember when, I remember when Shout of the Devil came out, I thought those oh, were. Yeah were four chicks i couldn't believe how flat chested the blonde one was and how she was able to to have no shirt on the cover of the record i said well that's pretty punk rock it's like wendy williams type stuff and then being crestfallen to find out there were girls um same thing with this i thought that that these chicks were super hot and ricky rocket to this day i look at that and go that's such a that's the hottest chick i've ever seen (laughs) even though i know he's a guy i still go back in my fantasy world of like but if only he was a girl that would be that would be a dream girl for me. All right. Sonny, top that. <laughs> All right. So I already knew there were guys because I saw the videos first, right? But here's what Ricky said in an interview. He said, we had to pretty up CeCe a little bit because he had pot marks. And then when they did all of the airbrushing for CeCe, it's like, well, now we don't match. Somebody's got to come to us. <laughs> and that's how they ended up doing it. <laughs> yeah, now that you say Ricky's that, like, I can Cece's see it. one ugly fuck. You know, guys don't know. We ended up doing this because of Cece. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, like, like, like Chris said, it's funny because when you when you buy that album, like you you find yourself uncomfortably staring at it because you're like, wow, you that is a hot chick, but god damn it, it's a guy. So I, what am I doing here? But yeah, it's it's just one of the most visually stunning, memorable album covers of the era. You know, wh- whatever whatever they were trying for, they 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 nailed it. So um, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. 
Yeah, the the album cover, you know, the four faces. You always think of something like that. And they were they were saying that uh, I, was, I saw something where they were talking about like that, that was their image they wanted to do, and they want to do the the pouting kiss look, right? Yes. And trying to put like a let it be type of four faces. This is what you remember. It just is just. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a super glam rock and roll over. You know what it is. <laughs> It's like I think this is what people are like. Yeah, Nirvana is right. Get this fucking shit out of here. But you, but you know what, though, Zeus? Here's the funny thing. Now this this came out. Uh, it came out in 1986, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like like it wasn't it wasn't like we were like super offended by this. No, it's just kind of the way it was. Like I was. I remember not thinking this. Going, oh, these guys are homos or whatever like you just yeah. looked at it and went like okay so their guys like but they really have gone over the top but like i said like the guys were doing air bands of them and we were playing their song and it wasn't like it was a big deal it was just like they had gone over the top with the glam thing mm-hmm. you know but it wasn't offensive or or angry about it and like you said this is why and I, there must be some kind of a story here Everybody was obsessed with Anthrax, but yep. we could still put this album on, and it wasn't like a big issue. I mean, there, of course, there was the super metalheads that would get this shit off, but for the most part, like as as a total metalhead, it wasn't that hard to put on Among the Living and then put on Look with the Cat Dragon right afterwards, because at this point in time, your gang consists of a lot of guys and a lot of girls. You know, everyone was hanging out with everyone. And some of the guys had girlfriends, but they were all just part of the group that we hung out with. And, you know, chicks like fucking rock and roll, too. So they would put up with the anthrax and then we would put up with the poison. But it wasn't like it was a big sacrifice to have to listen to it. No, Chris, no, the music, up- I was going to say the music makes it OK. That's right. The other yeah. part, too, is there was it wasn't like just out of nowhere. Poison came up with this look. People were like, it was gradually coming yes. up to that glam yeah. look. And then they just took it over the top. But the other part to it, because I know we're all like, you know, I don't know, Sonny, but Tom was football. I played hockey. Like, you know, the guys like, oh, poison. But the thing is about poison, they always had chicks and they were chasing chicks. That's so, right. like, if they weren't and they were like more effeminate or like you didn't see any girls around them, then you, you might get into that high school mentality where you, the immaturity comes in like, ew, gross. But you weren't because, like, you're like, this works. This gets chicks. These guys have more women than anybody. And so you you already got it kind of, it wasn't, you know, out of nowhere. It gradually came into existence. And they took it over the top. And they had tons of chicks. But more or less, they looked like they were constantly throwing a party that you wanted to go to. So, And that's what I was just going to say, Chris, to kind of add to you. So you keep referring to Anthrax Among the Living. I I remember buying that cassette and having the CD and everything. It's my favorite Anthrax album. And you're right. The thing about Poison, for better or for worse, is that the music is... It's a, it's it's a, it's an escape. It's party. It's fun. It's lighthearted. You can't help but feel good listening to a Poison album, even if you're not a huge fan of the record. Now, I mean, we love you know Master of Puppets came out in '86. Among the Living came out in '86. Those are great albums. But if you're hanging out at a party with chicks, you're not going to put on Leper Messiah. The girls are going to be like, "What the fuck is this?" You're going to want to put on. You're going to want to put on I Want Action or Talk sure. Dirty or Cry Tough. And it's, and it's it's fun light music and it's party music and that's that's a that's a good thing for a band to have to be 
You know, it's interesting too, because there's something wasn't jiving for me timeline wise, just as, does it make a point of what we were saying? Yeah. Um, this album was released in May of 86, but talk dirty to me didn't come out till February of 87. Yep. And I think it started kind of hitting Canada probably March or April or May, which is when among the living came out. So even though it, they were big from the start, it took a year for this to catch on. So that's interesting to me as well. I didn't realize that it had been out for almost a full year before we kind of got into it. So yeah, and, it was, and, and so I was, I, and I was, that's one of the, one of the points that I was making when, when we talked about this, how this came out in like seventh, eighth grade, but it didn't take off until high school. Right. And it was primarily because of talk dirty to me, took a while for that to kind of take over. And, and when it did, then it was, it was, then, then it was just all, you know, all bets are off or poison at that time. Yeah, it, it, like like I said, the, all of this stuff that we're saying is very valid. And also, too, I remember being a huge Motley Crue fan, uh, as we all were probably, if, if you're mm-hmm. old enough, when Shout of the Devil came out, which, of course, was their second record, kind of backtracking and finding Too Fast for Love. And then being completely gobsmacked when Theater of Pain came out because they had gone from leather and chains and cool to total glam yep. with – they're wearing le- lace and, and, and pink. And, and so, so the poison wasn't the first to go over the top with the glam. Look crew was the first one that was kind of like, all right, do we still like this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess we still kind of do. So they kind of had opened the door so that when we saw poison, it was kind of just a, a one step further of what the crew had already done a few years earlier in theater of pain. So we had already accepted that into yep. our wheelhouse yep we already had you know the, the asylum you know <laughs> who wants to be lonely videos there's a, a great a mug monster bruce right yeah, there bruce. Uh, so K- kiss had done it as well so some of the bands that were already in our you know accepted if you have the list of like accepted <laughs> bands they they had already kind of trodden into this super glam arena so poison was acceptable yep. because we had already done so with kiss and motley crew mm-hmm yeah, and the one step further thing, right? So when you looked in the inside jacket of Asylum or Theater of Pain, it told you who, you know, vocals, guitar, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Brett Michaels vocalizing and, and socializing. socializing. Dude, it, it gets Ricky worse. Rocket, sticks, tricks, and lipstick, and lipstick fixed. fixed. I can, look, I can, hold on. I can do the other ones, but I can do them on my own if you want me to. Go, Go ahead, please. CC DeVille, guitar screeching and hair bleaching. <laughs> Uh, and, and save Bobby, the worst one. Save the worst one for the last Bobby one. Bobby yeah. Doll was like bass raping and heart taking <laughs> yeah. or something like that. What is heart, it, Sonny? Heart breaking. Yeah. So I thought it was bass <laughs> rap, but I'm like, that's there's no, rape. and that's bass raping. Stunning. I said the same. Th- yeah. I said the same thing to Zeus because he's like, oh, bass rap, and I'm like, no, no, no. There's only one P. He's that's bass <laughs> raping. <laughs> <laughs> talk, talk about, about talk about not aging with well. that now <laughs> talk about yeah. not aging well base raping and heartbreaking i gotta tell you right now man that fucking vocalizing and socializing <laughs> is still <laughs> one of the greatest <laughs> greatest terms of all time and i remember i played a battle of the bands uh a year later in 1988 with the aforementioned scimitar and you had to do one original and one cover and our original is called city nights and the cover we played was peace sells but who's buying and the band that beat us was called fox and they had two x's and they all had to come up 
because they were total poison, you know, rip off. And they did talk dirty to me in whatever their original song was called. And they had to come up to the mic, you know, my name's Joe and I'm vocalizing and socializing. <laughs> my name's Peter and I'm guitar screeching hair bleaching. The fork. My name's Tom bass raping and heartbreaking. <laughs> and we were like, and that's like, we want to kick the shit out of these little, you know, little assholes. God damn it. You know, so before we get into like the album specifics, I do want to read one thing and I'm going to quote this from the book that you already mentioned, which I love yep, nothing but a good time. Okay. You guys got to get it. If you it's guys a get a book. chance and this is from uh, their beginning days, this is from uh, Brian damage foresight who says about poison when they used to open up for us as Paris, they were horrible. <laughs> we would be backstage and listen to them and go, man, these guys are terrible. It would be like the Beatles, the way the girls were reacting to Brett Michaels. But we'd be sitting back there and we wouldn't be seeing them. We'd just be hearing them from behind the stage. And we're going, God, these guys, they can't even play. What's going on here? And then he finally adds at the end here. When they went out west, I remember our singer Steve saying, if these guys get signed, I'm going to quit the business and start making pizza. <laughs> he underestimated the, vi the, the visual aspect of the band. But yeah. Tom, doesn't this like it reminds me of the kiss of the kiss. beginning. Like, exactly. Where kiss would walk the streets yeah. of New York and get looks and stuff. And they'd be like, yeah, I know we're wearing makeup and we're fucking weird. But who gives a shit? That's they were the loud idea. and proud. Yeah. It seems the same thing. They had something. Maybe the music wasn't up to whatever bands back then but kiss had something energy passion a show originality like, yeah. yeah and it right, seems like right. poison had that too where yep. you're like why well, are people liking them but goddamn, people are like them it's fun over there i'll mm -hmm. say something else too uh, the movie that came out at the time as well decline of the western civilization yeah. oh yeah too. poison has a huge a huge part in that and they come yep. across great they do. They're funny. They have personality. They're well spoken. They're not idiots. Like if you watch that fucking like London is just a bunch of morons. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. like, these guys are idiots. Poison wasn't even really out at the time, but they were very intelligent. Like they could, you could tell they could go. They're a little bit, you know, a little bit bro, you know, yeah. uh, uh, college frat guys. But you could tell if they had to go toe to toe in a conversation with Gene and Paul and Alice Cooper, who are also great in that movie, and Lemmy, that they could do that. And they're the only young band that looked that way. That you go, these guys have something very special, and it's not just the one of them. all four of them were great in that movie, and that had a big influence on me as well. Because I was like, these guys are these guys aren't morons. They're intelligent. They're, they're, they got something going on here that's different from the rest of the bands of this ilk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So before we get to the songs, go ahead, <laughs> Chris. You may not know how we picked the album. Oh, oh shit. yeah, okay. I don't know. <laughs> so I don't know if you've ever done a restaurant kamikaze order. Have you ever done that? Do you know, I haven't. Okay. So what I'll do every once in a while is we'll go to a restaurant, me and the family, right? And I'll go. Um, I'll just take what that guy had, and I have oh. no idea what they ordered. <laughs> right? and so nice. Tommy goes, "You've done that?" And Zeus goes, "What are you a rhino?" I'm like, you'll eat anything. So the listeners can't see it, but behind Zeus, there is CDs. There's walls of CDs. Oh. So I said, Zeus, go to the middle section. Go eight sections down and pick up the <laughs> CD from the left. 
and that's how we got the album. That's how we were blessed with poison. And this is my poison section. I took it out four CDs. I was like, one one last thing I'll say too is is poison was super popular because. I did, like I said, these were Poison was one of my bands. Poison and Warrant were the two bands of this era that I really, really enjoyed. And I loved uh, this record. This record isn't as good as the other ones, in my opinion. Then, of course, comes uh, Open Up and Say Ah, and then, of course, comes uh, uh, Flesh and Blood, which to me is, 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 is just a great record. And it's the best one that they did, in my opinion. And then that was it. They fell off the face of the earth. Obviously, they had Native Tongue with Richie Kotzen, which is also very good in a different way, much like the Motley Crue record with John Karabi is. Mm-hmm. But that was it. So this band is a huge band to this day playing arenas and stadiums with basically only three records to their name. Yep. That's that's like Guns N' Roses and Poison. That's something that has to be said as well. Yeah. For them to be as really big poison. as they are with that only three records is something else that is to be – acclaimed and it's also to be kind of like uh you should have an issue with that as well like fuck really only three records like that's it i I still can't believe that that's the case they never put out another record even to this day it's a good point yeah Yeah. zeus one last thing before we get into the tracks and stuff i just wanted to i just i just wanted i wanted i wanted to bring up something because we we love lists we love top tens and top whatever we've done this before with some other episodes so i looked at rolling stone Take it with a grain of salt. They did their top 50 hair metal albums of all time. This is number two. Wow. Okay. okay. This is, okay. But, yeah. but now they give it, they give it the number two ranking. By the way, if anybody's interested, number one is Def Leppard Hysteria. Mm, um, okay. But this is what kills me about the, the, the little excerpt for Rolling Stone with number two. Brett Michaels might claim his inspirations were Zeppelin and Skinner, and his band had no connection to 70s glitter, but Poison still came out of nowhere like the Bay City Rollers trying to be the New York Dolls. This is great right here. Their indie label debut was the all-time epitome of kindergarten metal. (laughs) 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 But with that being said, they gave it the number two hair metal album of all time. I just thought that was interesting. So doesn't that tell you what Rolling Stone thinks about hard rock and hair metal considered in the yeah. 80s yeah. so dismissive yep. yeah they, they don't know they don't know yep. and, 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 you're, and you're right though when wet by the way number, number three was slippery when wet. wet right right it's it's interesting this was this did come out on enigma records which i knew because that was striper's record label as well so they had striper and poison uh, on the same on the yep. same yeah. indie label interesting yep. so let me get in a couple quick facts and we'll get into the tracks so look right. what the cat dragged in may 23rd 1986 uh it made it all the way up to number three it sold 4 million copies, and you're right, Tom, number two on Rolling Stone's Greatest Hair Metal. It was produced by somebody named Rick Browd. I don't know, I'm not sure if I'm saying yeah, that correctly. Browdy. So he did work with Ted Nugent, Faster Puskad, Joan Jett, and, and Sonny's favorite band, Jet Boy. Um, <laughs> uh, Brett Michaels called this a glorified demo. It yeah, was right. Uh, <laughs> It was recorded in 12 days for like 23 grand at Mm. LA's Music Grinder Studios. And this is the part I was just like, I've got to hear this. The 2006 remaster has the most horrendous cover. Yeah, it's almost (laughs) as bad as their rock and roll all night cover. That's that's the worst. Zero soundtrack. They did a cover of Jim Croce's You Don't Mess Around With Jim. Horrible. It is the worst cover. And I like Jim Crow. That song. Me too. It's a fun, 
song that you end up tapping and sing along in a car. It is so horrendous. I can't explain it. It's Talk about worlds colliding. Talk about worlds colliding, poison doing Jim Croce. Whoa. (laughs) It just doesn't work. It is awful. But um, I don't know if anybody else is a big Jim Croce fan. I am. I grew up up listening to him with my dad. Big fan. Yeah. I I mean, yeah, I'm a big fan, too. I have his greatest hits. I think he had one album. Yeah, he was pretty good. But anyways, um, you guys ready to get into the first track? Let's do it. All right. Yes. It's interesting to me. Uh, uh, I was actually kind of going through their discography a bit. They actually have a lot more albums that I never heard of any of these albums before. So they must <laughs> all be kind of indie albums or whatever. But anyways, um, okay. So Cry Tough. This is uh, essentially this was the first single I believe that was released, yes. yep. and nobody heard anything about it until it came out. I don't think it's a very good opening tune for this record. I think it's a strange kind of tone setter. Um, I would not have picked this song to be the opening track on the record. Uh, it's a grower, not a shower. If you put the whole record on, I listened to it last night as I texted you guys at like three in the morning as I was <laughs> prepping like a true pro for this show because I forgot that we were doing it. I was like, oh shit, I should probably listen to the record. Um, it's it's not too bad, and, and and it's it's definitely just there. And if the whole record was like this, they probably would have came and went like Kick Tracy and freaking you know Vane. But oh, I would put come it, on. I love that Vane album. <laughs> Davey Vane. Come on, yeah, man. I love I love that album. Um, so I'm I'm gonna say like uh it, it, it is catchy, but it's not a great opening track for the record, and I don't think it's a very good indication um as to what you're gonna be hearing uh coming up later on. It reminds me a lot of, of I think Cinderella opened their record with night songs. With the yeah. song "Night Songs," Night not songs. a not a good opening track, uh, um, and I, I feel "Cry Tough" is the same. Sunny. So we were talking about Rick Browdy. This is a quote: "Brett was continually out of tune. Ricky, horrible. <laughs> I knew they plagiarized songs. There's more lawsuits than you know. Some settled out of court slash media. 
the album was the biggest piece of shit I've ever done as a (laughs) Oh my gosh, he said that? (laughs) Yeah. That's the producer. That's from the producer's mouth. Okay. (laughs) Good lord. I sent it to these guys and I'm like, isn't that riff um Love Somebody by Spring Rick Springfield? And it is. When you play it back to back, that intro part is the exact same as Love Somebody by Rick Springfield. And I love Rick Springfield. That's the only reason I noticed. And then that in 20 seconds, that like pick slide comes. I'm like, oh, Tommy's in. He can't completely call it a piece of shit. He loves pick slide. I love the pick right? slide. Everybody <laughs> does a pick slide. It doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Um, and then, you know, that drum thing, Ricky said in an interview, they were going to do Be My Baby by the Ronettes, and they decided against it. <sighs> but then he kind of ripped off the drum part. So Good right boy. out of the gate, they got two bands that they ripped shit off of. <laughs> So I guess Rick Browdy wasn't incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with Chris. Not the best opener on the planet. It's a catchy chorus. You know, it's not exactly poetry. Um, Now, you can tell immediately that CC has a melodic soloing style, which was kind of cool because it's like, okay, I can live with that. That's not bad. And the stuff that he's doing, uh, that outro solo he's doing out of the song is great, too. No doubt this sounds like a demo. The Sonics are shit. Yeah. And even the remix that you buy, remaster later, it's not much better. But this is what you get for 23 grand. I mean, that's how much they spent on the record. I'll say one quick little thing, too, that people bag on CC a lot like they bag on Mick Mars. And they're just as wrong to bag on CC as they are to bag on Mick Mars. Both those guys are great guitarists for the band that they're in. And when CC was out for all those years, like I said, all this blues Saraceno record and all this stuff, it wasn't the same. Even when they had Richie fucking Kotzen, who's one of the greatest musicians of all time, it just didn't work without him. Um, so he definitely, like you said, Sonny, has has a real certain sound that really fits Poison perfectly. Yeah, so for me, I, I, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you guys a little bit. It might, it might not be the, a great opener, but I don't mind it as an opener. I, I think it's a pretty good song. Um, I think it's a good song for the album, for Poison. It's a song of the time, and it's kind of the music that they wrote. They wrote... You know, it's like a teen rally anthem, you know, talking about, you know, you got to cry tough out on the street. You know, they they, they know who their audience is. They're, they're not trying to write songs and make music for sophisticated adults. They, they know what their what their audience is. And I think this the song kind of has that vibe to it. It's sunny. You said it, too. I was going to say the production is shit. First of all, it's it, it was made you know on a shoestring budget, but it's also 1986, and a lot of these albums suffered from thin production. We know we talked about Kiss with some of these albums too around this era, but I don't I don't mind it. it it's it's not a terrible song. Uh, we'll get to the terrible ones, but this is this is not one of them. <laughs> all right, so "Cry Tough" was the first single. It didn't chart. It was also their first video, and we'll get to the video part. Believe me, we'll get to all their videos. Yep, it's catchy for. And I'm going to I'm going to preface this by saying for poison in this album, the lyrics are decent. Yes. You know, it's, you know, the inspiring. You can do it. Water boy shit, you know, Uh, go through a tough time. I put that. I like the solo. It's melodic. The good chorus. I like the back and vocals. And then you put it in my head that it's be my baby by the Ronettes. Put that in my head. And and I'm thinking of fucking Eddie Money. And just like Ronnie saying, and then Chris, I got to throw this out. One of the funniest things I ever remember in wrestling, and I don't know if you were in EC, uh, WCW then or you were over at WWE then. At one point, Mike Awesome, big Mike Awesome came yeah. out and he did something. And then Kevin Nash just 
destroyed him with one comment. He's like, hey, Eddie Money, shut the hell up. And I was like, holy shit. He does look like Eddie Money. Holy shit. And it was just fucking downhill from there. And then I remember he went from badass ECW Mike Awesome to what is probably the funniest and my favorite fucking character, the fat chick thriller, where <laughs> good-looking girls would come up to him and he'd, like, push them away for these hefty women. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but that fucking... That, anytime I, I think of that, it's just like, what the fuck? But let's take that aside and let's go to the video. Holy shit. Yeah. That beginning jumping shot of each one of them going wee <laughs> and jumping up is, is just I can just totally picture like Metallica sitting back and be like oh yeah are you fucking kidding me this oh, is yeah. what's on MTV <laughs> yep yeah oh my goodness yeah um, especially with, like I said that record did come out when when Cliff Burton was still alive yeah uh, yep. and Cliff just going are you fucking kidding me <laughs> yep yeah there was a lot of bouncing it, in that video. Well, so yeah. cry, cry tough. Come on, give me a break. You know, okay. The, what's what's the opposite of crying tough? Let's yeah, exactly. Make cry tough. That's that's a good. That's the shit. It's terrible. Cry yeah, tough. Fuck yeah. off. Yeah. There's your there's your quote of the episode. Cry tough. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The vi- the video. The video. I mean, I mean, you can just make a blanket statement. The videos are just. They're just painful videos. But, but I do I remember mean, there's, there's a cool part in there where they're like, uh, aren't they playing? It was the Texas Jam or something like that, where they're playing in front of like 50,000 people. Yeah, and yeah. Paul Stanley's that's, on stage with them playing. That's a pretty that's cool part. I, um, that's I Won't Forget You. Oh, well, oh yes. See, there yeah. you go. Yeah, all see, the, see that all playing. the videos are all the same. <laughs> they all blend. But this is the one where at the end they have that, I don't know what do you call it, silly foam? And they're like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Silly, silly string. string. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Silly string. Of, they use that in the talk to your interview as well. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, aren't they, like, shouldn't they have, like, beer and spraying beer or fucking champagne on the yes. crowd? They're like, please, right? <laughs> fucking silly. <laughs> exactly. And then it's the running theme of CC and, like, 30 guitars in the video. He's always. Yeah. Got and Bobby's got the one bass. Yeah, <laughs> you know why, Sonny? You know why, Sonny? He raped. He raped oh, all his bases. Oh, here we go. Oh, God, here we go. We got restraining orders on him from the other place. They are happy with what they're doing. They look like they were having fun. Yeah. God bless them. Yeah. Let's get to the next track. I want action tonight. Satisfaction. Oh, Uh, I want action. Uh, one of my favorite Poison songs. Um, I just love this tune. And Poison, once again, this is not really heavy metal. It's it's it's, it's cheap trick power pop. Let's be honest. They know exactly. I bet you they were fans of Stars as well, and and, and all of the kind of that sort of 
uh, style of music of, 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 of the power pop of the time, Red Cross, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I love the chorus of this. And I just, once again, it's that time frame where you could write a song called I want action tonight. And of course, what's going to rhyme with that? Well, it's satisfaction, obviously. Uh, every band of that time had action satisfaction as, as a rhyme. Um, but uh, great chorus, great solo. Love the opening um, of the tune with the uh, a cappella vocal. Uh, I really like the video of this, uh, which is, once again, at this point in time, there was no YouTube. So you couldn't, yep. you couldn't just go and click on any video you wanted to see. You had to wait for them to be played. And this one was not played a lot. So if it came on, you were excited and maybe one of your friends was lucky enough to record it, but it's got a great kind of opening in the diner and, you know, are you guys in a band or something? But it was just, it's just a really cool, cool uh, video. And once again, like you said, they're having a great time. I think there's silly string all over the place at this one. It's got a great ending tonight. Leave you tonight. Bam. Wow. And then the bam crash yep. and burn. It, it's, it's one of the best tracks on the album. It rocks. It could have it, it, it could have been in place uh, on a cheap trick record. Um, and to me, uh, I might've even started the record with this song. It's, yeah. it's, it's got that type of a vibe to it. So, so one of my, my favorites on the record and in the poison catalog for sure. Sunny. Yeah. There's good and bad for me on this. I like the song. Don't, don't get me wrong there. And I'm a sucker for an acapella beginning. And this is kind of where you see Ricky has a little swing to his drumming, right? So yeah. those, little drum accents of a little kiss or taker and maker, right? Like that. Yeah. That adds to the flavor of the song. There's no doubt. And it's catchy chorus and it's fun and there it's simple. And there's not a lot of bands out there that could probably sell the simple. Here's the bat. Leave the talking in the middle to the David Lee Ross of the world. Like, oh, unless yeah. You're going to have a <laughs> sexy tall. voice answering you. You're not going to be able to sell that all by yourself. So I'm not in love with that. And this song, they got sued over. So there was a Swedish band called Easy Action. They said they ripped off the song. And in 1989, they settled out of court for wow. plagiarism. While he really? was hanging out with these guys having drinks, Brett called and settled out of court. So, you know, I don't know. I've never heard the original Easy Action because nobody has. They're a Swedish band that sold three copies. But reality of the situation, there's obviously an issue. Yeah, I think this song right here, uh, to me, this is almost the, this encapsulates Poison more than Talk Dirty to me for me. I'm not saying it's a better song than Talk yeah. Dirty to me, but the song and the video, if somebody's like, oh, Poison, w w what are they, w what, what's that band? I would be like, watch this video, listen to this yeah. song, that's Poison. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's 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 a catchy song, Chris, you said it's just, it's it's power pop to the extreme and you can't. You, it, it's kind of like Unskinny Bob. You can't deny the song, even if you don't like it. It's a catchy, upbeat song. Sonny, you 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 took the words out of my mouth about the the mid the mid part of the song. Do trying to do the David Lee Roth like it just don't do it. It doesn't work in this song. It just it sticks out like a sore thumb. It's a it, it doesn't work. David Lee Roth, that's his thing. Brett, just don't do it. But uh, no, nah, it's 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 a good song. The video is ridiculous, but it's it's Poison, nineteen eighty six or nineteen eighty seven. It's great. I also so, love that. Sorry, sorry. I love that little oh, part in the solo. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Is that yep. a horse race track thing or something? Yeah, yeah yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is their uh, third single and made it all the way to number 50 on Billboard's Hot 100. <laughs> hmm. 
I before I heard your comments, I I just put this is sophomoric, stupid. <laughs> this is for fans who think Gene Simmons lyrics are too sophisticated. All of that's true, <laughs> by the way, Zeus. All of that's true. All of that's true here. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's like it's the Eddie Murphy thing where Gene would probably say to them, "These are some dumbass lyrics." <laughs> exactly. Here, I'll take a part out of the video. Hey, man, you talking about poison, man? Oh yeah. <laughs> and that whole poison thing, Tom, that reminds me of like poison, AIDS. Yeah, exactly. And Chris, but Chris, I- you said it great too. I understand. The, the the era and the rock, but the the word satisfaction just doesn't sound good in a rock song. It's a whole. There's only, hey, listen. There's only one song um, that it sounds good in. Yes, and that's exactly. the original, and, and that's the, the only one. Don't exactly. ever touch it. Exactly. exactly. Yep. At one point, they rhymed tonight with night and tonight. <laughs> you can't do that. That's against the rules. I've always hated that. You can't rhyme a word with the same word. With the same but word. He did mention, Chris did mention, his solo on this is very melodic. I like it. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty cool. And what the thing about CC that I like, and you've you've heard me talk about this stuff before on these episodes, is I like not this Ingve shit for goes on for hours. I like a quick melodic solo right back into the song. They do that you know? well. And CC yeah. does that well. And he can hit it out. And I love those long notes, you know, that he can yeah. hit. And a lot of other guitar plays can do it. Um, so let's once get again, to it's, this. Once again, it's a, it's a Rick Nielsen trick. I mean, you can tell that they're all Cheap Trick fans. That's that's a yeah. Rick Nielsen solo in any in any Cheap Trick song. Yep. Want to talk a little bit more about that uh, video? <laughs> say what you say. Say what you want to say. I don't know if you guys noticed, but they did it in all four videos. So the first video was the first yes, video. I, yes. The second video, they played the first video in the intro. The third yep. video, they played ah, the second video in yes. the intro. Yep. Really? So this intro yeah, yeah. has talk dirty to me. Cause this was the third single. Yep. Interesting. Yes. Yep. And even so, if you go and watch the opening uh, video for open up and say, ah, which is nothing but a good time. When in the dishwasher area, they're playing that horrendous, version of them doing rock and roll all night oh i remember that it's brutal zero <laughs> yep. it's yep. on the background it's in the background yeah yep. i don't know if they kept it up going forward i don't think they did but yeah for the first like five that's what they were doing yep they just the, the choreograph moves it's so bad a lot of stage like, lighting going on at this point they, you know the but you know, dude, you, like you said, though, they're, they're having fun yeah. and that yeah. translates like it really makes a difference. I remember when I saw um, uh, Aerosmith in concert, even to this day, I mean, Steven Tyler is great. The other guys are they're just one step away from basically sitting down on stage. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, I, I, and, and that's what Aerosmith has never translated to me. I love Aerosmith. I don't love Aerosmith. I love some of their tunes, but I don't. The band is OK. Poison to me. Gosh, I'm gonna get fucking crucified for this, but they're way better than Aerosmith for that reason. Like they just look like they're having a great time. I know you guys I'm are from Boston. I'm you have to say that, but but they just look like they're having fun. And take Boy. Steven Tyler out of Aerosmith, and they just look like a bunch of dudes just too cool for school. Poison never had that. They're not too school cool for school. They're just there to have a fucking good time, man. They don't give a shit. Come hang out with us or don't. We're gonna be having a great time either way. Good point. Yeah, the um, I like that back the last part where CC steals the girls from Brett and he pushes Brett back into the convertible and he ends up with the two hefty chicks in the back. And he's like, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. He's a fat chick thriller. Exactly. <laughs> chick thriller. That's where that's where somebody at WCW said, that's a fucking gimmick we can go yeah. with. <laughs> there you go. Fat chick thriller. But I will say at the end, they do a little clip again and they put each one of their names. Yes. Ricky, Bobby. And they and I think Brett is one of those guys in in maybe the maybe it was CC or something, but of branding. Let's brand this band. Let's yeah, brand CC. Right. You know, just point. throwing CC's name out. Everything Bobby, Ricky. Like, you know who these are. I mean, everybody, I mean, no offense. And that day knew all four members of Poison. That's a great I, point. Because yep. they were all into branding. And you know exactly what Poison is. And Tom, you said it. You want Poison? Look at that video. That, that song, fun kind of popish. I, I'm, I'm watching. I'm watching this video right now with the sound off as we're talking. Yeah. It's like the funnest thing ever. Like I'm just yeah. watching, just going, "Fuck!" I want to be in Poison right now. Like exactly. I want to join them now. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> At 50 years old, I want to be in Poison. <laughs> yep. So yeah. Chris doesn't get hate mail. I'll say that every band album behind Chris is better than Aerosmith. He's got oh. ACDC, <laughs> Halloween, I think oh, Anthrax, Fozzy, and Rush. Or all right, besides um Fozzie. Don't forget Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> ACDC is better than Aerosmith. Um oh yeah, yeah by far. That's it. ACDC is better than everybody. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's it. I'm sorry, Rush, Halloween, Anthrax, and I love you, Charlie, but they're not better than Aerosmith. I'm sorry. Let's get to the very important track number three. Oh my gosh. Um, it's fucking terrible. It's terrible. It's a terrible song. Uh, the opening is terrible. The stupid fucking country. This is kind of the, the precursor to Brett's great ballads, obviously, of, of, of Every Rose. And, and, and Something to Believe in is one of the best, not just I like that ballads, one of the best songs of that era ever. Um, it, it just doesn't work for me. And once again, like the terrible lyrics of like, I won't forget you and all the fun we had and all the times I took you to dinner or whatever the fuck he's talking about. Um, just not good. And even now, once again, you tolerate it because we've been listening to this for 35 years, the same way we tolerate cry tough, but poison to me was a lot like striper. And what I mean by that is Striper was awesome, but they would do stupid shit all the time that you just go, 
oh, come on, guys. And I won't forget you to me is in that in that uh, frame where it's just it's like, okay, we need a ballad. Uh, Might as well just call it. I love you. It's like the most cliched lyrics. Not a fan. Don't like it even to this day. Ah, uh, this is terrible. <laughs> song is terrible. I like Sunny I, more and more every time uh, we do these shows. And, <laughs> I, uh, Brett singing ballads are not just pleasing to my ear, period. But this song, nobody could yeah. sing this song. Like I, I was thinking, I'm like, all right, let me close my eyes. Let me think about my favorite singers. Sing this song to me. That didn't work. I'm like, all right, let me go yeah. to the hottest celebrity chick I love, Nicole Scherzinger. She, could she sing this song to me? I'm like, nope, still doesn't work. This song sucks. That's what yep. the problem is. And if it wasn't for Paul being in the video, which I remember the video flashing, and I'm like, wait a second, was that Paul? And of course, we don't have, you know, DVRs. Yeah. So I got to wait till the video comes the next time. I don't watch the video a second time. I just needed to prove to myself that that was Paul in the video. And then I never listened to this song again until we were going to do this album, which is what, 35 years? Yep. So. And once again, a little bit of trivia is that this song, Talk Dirty to Me, Fallen Angel and Ride the Wind, was the subject of a, guess what, plagiarism lawsuit in 2011 yep. by members of the defunct band Kid Rocker, who claimed that the songs were based on Kid Rocker songs played to guitarist C.C. DeVille before he was a member of Poison. So these guys are just <laughs> fucking plagiarizing everything on this Three record. out of three. Yeah. So yeah, so th- th- I'll agree with you guys that when the song came out at the time, it was it was it was good for what it was trying to do, but it's a terrible song. This the, the, this this is kind of what I'm talking about when I talk about Poison. Now, I've this is the only Poison album I've ever owned. The last time I listened to "Look What the Cat Dragged In," I was probably 14. <laughs> it's not it, no, and I don't mean and I, and, I, and it's just it's not a band I go to because they don't have staying power to to me. They're, their music to me is kind of like what Rolling Stone said. It's like kindergarten metal. It's like it's disposable. It's like a piece of candy where like, oh, I'm going to have a piece of candy. It's great. But like when you're done, you're like, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm, I still need to have a meal. And that's what that's what poison is. It's a piece of candy. It's enjoyable. But you you, you, you got to move on to something else and, and listen to something else. And th- this song is a perfect example. It was a big hit, you know, f- at high school dances when the song came out. Cause it was cheesy and corny and sappy, but the song is not good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I won't forget you was the fourth single. It made it all the way up to number 13, in the top 100. Wow. Yeah. The lyrics are just so simple and stupid that it just makes you like, Jesus Christ. Can anybody, anybody could just write a hit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I won't forget. You. Okay. Even though I should, even though I could, yeah, of course yeah. you can. You can do fucking anything if you want. Fucking put your lyrics by it. Ace Fraley. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, then it would be you give me wood. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And you know, it's just I do like the solo again, the nice melodic solo that uh, yep. CC does on this. It's not okay. I should say this: the lyrics and stuff are kind of so simple it annoys you. It's not a bad song. Like if it's playing in the background, you hear it, you're like, oh. but it's so simple and, you know, just yeah. stupid that you're like, ah, okay. All right. And then why does Brett have to do like a fucking big bopper in the middle of the song? 
Oh, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to start singing Chantilly Lace. So right? dumb. Like, yeah. what the fuck is that? I had a nowhere. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like Paul and the Elvis version. I don't need I. no money. Yeah, when, he's, when he does that breakdown in the middle of I. <laughs> oh, good call. No, oh, yeah. yeah. No, true. All right. So the video. It does show the 1987 Texas Jam, and that's what you were mentioning earlier, Chris, and Paul playing the guitar, and you get, and now he's probably thinking, like, that was a great time. That was a great image of the band, playing in front of all those rednecks. Let's put a hat on me. Yeah, I like that cowboy kind of thing. Yeah, I wear a cowboy. Yeah, yeah. And that's when that whole country kind of thing probably started creeping into his head. It's just, again, I want action is on the TV. Yep. When CC is saying goodbye to his girlfriend on the vid in the video, and the live could uh, the concert footage is very wanted dead or alive. Oh yeah, um, yeah, very. Just, you know, yep. just like ooh, look at us, we're crazy, we're drinking backstage. Woo, let's cheers. You know, like okay, it's of we, the era. It's yeah, of the era. We get it. We get yep. it. We get it. Yeah, and the, you know, it, the, it, and then they push each other into the pool. Uh, 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 like a oh, fun so silly. We're having fun at the hotel pool. <laughs> well, once again, once again, this is where I mean, Poison is is a chick band, and yep. the girls love this shit. And if it got to number thirteen, there's one reason for it: it's because girls love the song. No doubt. And and, and once again, like they knew something that we didn't, because here we are all bagging on them, and meanwhile. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not all they, they had a number 13 hit with it. So what the fuck do we know? Yeah. Yep. It's just like you know, the whole pool thing. It's just like very wanted dead alive. The image, like the back, you're seeing like unseen footage of what the band is really like back. A, a, a fun activity that's now gone because of cell phones, right? Can't push anybody into a fucking pool. Although yeah. I do want to push Sonny overboard on the kiss cruise. Like, oh. Sorry, but let me hand you my cell phone first. Yeah, well, I kept the cell phone. <laughs> he just fell in the Caribbean. Well, we could all we could all push Chris into the pool on the cruise, but Chris decided to bail on us. So that's all, yeah. that, that's a whole separate story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for another day. We were fucking crying in our fucking spilled milk. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah. I had a a big opportunity that I, I couldn't know. turn I down. So it was a Sunny Pooney private party showing that he's doing for him. Right? <laughs> Yeah, in uh, his room. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the next track. Play dirty.
Uh, this is when um, this record starts getting into uh, kind of the album tracks. And this is why I like this, this album is obviously it, it's one of those ones where, where the, the, the hits aren't as good as the album tracks to me um, and, and play dirty. These are just good rock and roll songs. So there's a lot of them on this record. Once again, kind of a cry tough okay what's cry okay play what do you what's the opposite of play uh, uh, dirty you play dirty yes that's what we're gonna do <laughs> um so i mean it's it's a, it, it, it's kind of a forgettable tune when you don't think about it but when you put it on it's got a good chorus and it fits right in with this uh with this uh record um i just don't think that any band should ever have two songs with the word dirty in them um <laughs> They can't get away with it. I mean, ACDC can have eight songs with the word rock in it, and that's okay. But Poison, two dirty songs, it's like, eh. Uh, but uh, I'll tolerate it, and it's not a bad album track, shall we say. Act tough, right? Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like the chorus better than I like the verses. Uh, some of the stuff that Ricky's doing, like that little tr- drum transition into the solo, unique for sure. The little guitar fills that CC's doing are really cool. By the way, Jimmy's Bar and Grill is a real place. Ricky said in the interview that's where Brett and Ricky got beat up a couple of times, so it's actually a real place. Oh. Here's my problem with the song. With the song, one, Brett, don't riff at the end. Like he is not Daryl Hall. Brett is who he is, so be it. But he's not Daryl Hall. You can't riff at the end. That's probably not a great idea. And mm. then I blame Poison here. For every shitty hair metal band in 1989 and 1990, because they heard this song go, oh, well, we just need a pretty singer that's got okay range. But as long as everybody puts makeup on and sings songs about being dirty, we're all going to have hit singles. Right. (laughs) Right. And all that being said, I'm with Chris. The song is fun. I actually like listening to the song. It is a fun song to listen to. Yeah, this song is horrible. <laughs> Come on, Tommy. I mean, this this song this this is the first laugh out loud song on this album for me. <laughs> now, Sonny, I know you said you have some background information about Jimmy's Bar and Girl being a real place and how they got beat up in there. Now, I didn't know any of that. Okay, <laughs> so when I'm listening to this song, I'm like, this song is written by a guy who's never been to a bar who's never been in a bar fight, who doesn't know what goes on at bars. And fights don't happen at places called Jimmy's Bar and Grill. That's where you go with your girlfriend for a basket of nachos. I mean, this is just like, I mean, I mean, come on. The boys in the back room, Billy shooting pool, trading no, dirty glances. I mean, come on. It's pool. I mean, come on. I, I will get the one thing I like about this, that opening riff. I'm like, okay, well, they got something going on here. That's kind of a ballsy riff compared to what we've heard so far. No, not a good song. And Chris, you're right. Two dirty songs. No. Come on. No, no. One of the things I forgot to mention in the beginning, and I'm not mentioning what I usually do these tracks, is who the songwriters are. Okay, go ahead. On this whole album, all four members are credited. So that's why I haven't been doing that. So all four members are credited as songwriters for all the tracks. Um, I had texted you guys earlier about like play dirty. I'm like, what is this reminding me of? I can't get it out of my fucking head. And I'll, I, I'm thinking like, what is that? It was fucking got to choose. That's what I was thinking oh, of. Wow. Okay. Part where it's going, okay. Like that's okay. what I'm like. Why is that like in my head? It was got to choose. That's what I was thinking of. No, it's not as good as got to choose, but no, I like the song. I don't think it's bad. It's just the <laughs> lyrics. 
<laughs> the dirty glances with the pretty boys playing cool. <laughs> what fucking bar is this? We're taking Where down. Oh, heading out. Yeah, yeah you want to get in a fight? Let's go to Jimmy's Bar and Grill. <laughs> <laughs> and when he says, when he says, like, this is how I can, like, know, like, Jesus, I think I can write a hit if they're doing this. When he says night, I knew that that, that somewhere along the line, the word he's going to rhyme it with would be fight. Of and course. then when he says scene, I'm like, there's no way he's not ending this with know what I mean. And boom, <laughs> there it was. Yeah. It was like, what the fuck? This yep. is, this is makes hey, that's pretty sophisticated type of songwriting you got there. Want to <laughs> teach me that? Okay, Ace. Um, yeah, it's just the Brett in between the chorus. Ooh, tough. <laughs> like, first of all, and here's another thing that we didn't say. You just said, he said, you guys, you said act tough, play dirty. Have you seen the cover of this album? <laughs> I mean, Great come call. on. Yeah, and it's just, you know, play dirty. I'm like, what does he mean, play dirty? Like, are they cheating in hockey or pool <laughs> or, or like poker? Is it the broad steep bullies or the big bad Bruins of the 70s? What do you mean they play dirty? I don't understand what he's getting at. And then, you know, at one point he says, come on, sucker. I'm like, think I'm going to book a tea to come out. Book a tea. A little spin a rooney in the middle of the song and go, suckers. It's, you know, again, CC with a nice little solo there. And he has a nice little outro, too. Yeah, I like the guitar playing on this song. The, at, at this point, like I think the lyrics are fun, and I and I kind of know Tom's sense of humor. Just like, oh yeah, like settle down. So I know that he's giggling. Like I'm giggling sometimes with oh, yeah. these lyrics. I think I think if they if they would have called it "Fight Dirty," it'd be a better representation of the lyrics. Maybe. But that's not very glam, like yeah. you said. Yeah. Like they're not fighters, but they will play with you. There you go. That's a good point. So that's that's the reason. Tough. All right, let's go to the title track. That's next. Uh, this song to me is another highlight of the record. I think they still open all of their shows with it to this day. It's it's it talk about play dirty of uh, the previous track. This has a very dirty opening riff, and it's really cool. And I also just love the audacity. Once again, we've been living with this for thirty five years, but they actually had the audacity to call their record "Look What the Cat Dragged In." Uh, that's something that someone's mom would say from like the forties or thirties. It wasn't a very commonplace uh, saying in 1986, 87. And I remember when I first read that, it, it, it's like when I first saw the, 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 the band flotsam and jetsam, I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. I've heard this term for years, 
but actually calling your band that that's interesting and, and calling your record look what the cat dragged in well that's interesting um love it across the board i love the lyrics for it uh literally talking about you know coming home from a party my hat my hair is in a rat's nest i look like hell half alive half dead i just can't tell i like that and this yeah. is the most type motley crew type of a song on the record and gave it a, a much needed heavy shot at this point in time, just when the album was starting to wear thin to me of like, okay, playing dirty and they won't forget you and they want action. This one came in and it makes me want to, you know, makes you want to punch somebody like it's in a good way. So it, it's, a, it, and once again, I might've opened the record with this song and I definitely think it's smart to open their gigs with it. So all across the board, great solo, uh, great chorus, um, great imagery. So two thumbs up for me. So part of my day job is I drive from store to store and what'll happen is I'll leave a store and maybe I see something I didn't like and I'm driving to the next door and I'm uh, re uh, uh, recollecting what I saw the last time I was at that store and I'm like, man, they better not blah, blah, blah. And I'm starting to get mad by the time I get to the next door. So the other day I'm listening to this album and this song comes on and all of a sudden, like I had a smile on my face, this, this song is one of my favorite poison songs. It's just the, just the great earworms, like simple stuff. Like the first time they do the chorus, they stop with, Oh my God, with the cat dragged in the second time they do the chorus, there's a backup that says, my God, right. That little earworm my God. just puts it right where it needs to be. I love the lyrics. I love the solo. I love the chorus. One of my favorite songs by poison for sure. So fun. Yeah, agreed. Chris, my first note on this song was could have been a Motley Crue song. Yeah, it's a, it's a dirty, aggressive riff, and, and it's it's kind of jarring because you don't hear these types of riffs previously on the album. On the this record, right? Yeah, yeah. The album's very poppy, glammy. This this comes on you're like, oh shit, this is kind of this is a heavy riff. And the, the the other thing that I love about a lot of '80s metal is I love how the guitar fades out and it's just the drums it's like you get the riff and it's like Meow, and then it's yeah. you, get, you get brett singing with just the drums and the guitar comes back in then it goes to the bridge and the chorus this has always been a standout track for me one of the best songs on the album by far and i think because it is so different and it has such that dirty riff and it's unlike the rest of the album great tune for sure yeah look what the cat dragged in the song it makes me think it, they fall in the line of like that sleaze metal that's starting to come in. Yes. The guns, the, the yes. alley guns, Fast, the pussy cat. Pussy cat, that kind of shit. Like, Great point. Like, look at these roughkins, you know, like, oh, they're, they're out in the streets. They're punks. There's this and that. There's something different about them. That fucking riff is kick ass. Yep. It, in the, the lyrics are even decent. Yeah. Right. It's just about you read the, my favorite part of the lyrics earlier, Chris. That, that shit's awesome. Well, another one that I like, too, is I got a girl to the left, a girl to the right. I know damn well I slept with both last night. Yep. What I like about this, too, not to interrupt you, Zeus, is, is no, you just nailed it on the fucking head. Every other song so far has been how much fun they're having and the chicks are, are smiling and the girls love it. This is the song that shows the wolf in sheep's clothing, right? Like, yeah. these these are the skids that, like, yeah, we're having a great time, but all we want to do is, is, is take in the back and fuck you. <laughs> and 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 we we don't take showers and we're really dirty and 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 we and we're fucking hungover drunk we don't respect you we don't like you we just want to bang you and i like that fact of it because you know basically especially at that point in time when you're when you're 21 years old 
that's basically what most guys are like anyways. So I like the fact that, yeah, sure. We're going to spray silly string and and we're going to, are you guys in a band or something? And we're going to have lots of fun. But, but when the show is over, this is what you get and it ain't pretty. Uh, and you're going to be regretting it when you wake up in the morning going, Oh my God, look what the cat dragged in. Look at this guy. He's terrible. Take the, it's like a reverse, you know, you want to eat your arm off when you wake up in the morning sometimes. And it's (laughs) like without the makeup, these guys are terrible. (laughs) Yeah. They're not in, you can picture Brett coming home, like all fucking disheveled being out for a couple nights and something like his parents or somebody saying, Jesus Christ, smelling of fucking sex, booze, and all sorts of shit. But it's a fun, fun song. And it is a real standout. So that's Look What the Cat Dragged In. Now, let's go to the track that we all discovered Poison with. Yeah. So this this one, I mean, like we said, we, we've talked about it quite a bit. This is the breakthrough tune. This is the one, you know, much like we mentioned, I can't get no satisfaction from the Stones, which is probably the first song that most people heard by the Stones. It's still their biggest hit or one of them. Same thing for this. Talk Dirty to me is still, they have better songs. They have songs that are, that are, that are more intricate and, 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 you know, maybe better written, but nothing fits poison more. You said earlier, Tom, that you show, you would show somebody I want action. I mean, same thing with this. This is, this is uh, the epitome of what poison is. Once again, the lyric of talk dirty to me, when you heard this in 1987, times have changed so much now, but this was almost a little risque when you first heard it, like, Oh, talk dirty to me. Wow. That's, that's pretty crazy. Like, can you say that? <laughs> you know, can you, can you, and it's a song that everybody could play. So as fledgling musicians, it was one of those ones where you're like, okay, like I mentioned earlier, you know, you could play, you really got me and you could play look what the cat dragged in and you could sing it. And um, one of the best uh, intros to a solo ever CC, pick up that guitar and talk to me with, with a great kind of sex pistols, Steve Jones, type of soul that they're also very sex pistols influenced you can tell and um all across the board 
the breakdown at the beginning with just the drums and the vocal. I mean, it, it's, 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 it's a sing along song for everybody from this era. And when they play the stadium next year, like I mentioned, Motley Crue and Def Leppard better watch out for poison. And this is one of the reasons why everybody in that stadium is going to be singing this song, everybody. And they're the second band on the bill. Yeah. So uh, I wouldn't want to follow poison uh, next summer, uh, especially with songs like this. Yep. So the longest pick slide in music <laughs> history, <laughs> yep. right? I'm like, oh, this will be Tommy's number one song. There's absolutely no doubt. <laughs> yep. um, this song, Chris was alluding to it, defines everything that's hair metal. When you hear yeah. hair metal, this is the song. This mm-hmm. is what made mid-80s so popular. This is what got Poison noticed, no doubt. This is what hurt Doc and when they wanted credibility of how great of musicians they were. Because everybody just kind of, oh, that's uh, that genre, that's talk dirty to me. That's all the silly string. That's all the, you know, the guys who wore makeup, blah, blah, blah. I will tell you shit like like 40 seconds in when when uh, Brett goes, I got to have you. Yes, I do. And CeCe goes, that didn't it? Didn't yeah, it? Mm-hmm. I was I just thinking that. Just little yeah. earworms. Somebody is telling these guys, there's got to be something. Somebody's coming up with that. If it's CC, I think that's wonderful. I hope it is because this is where I kind of realize I think I like CC the best out of these guys. Like, you know, you got to you gotta identify with somebody in the band, right? They want to be four personalities. And this is where in the album I'm like, I, yeah, I think CC's my guy. Yeah, he's not the greatest guitar player in the world, but in these four, I think CC's my guy. Um, that whole music stops and the talk dirty to me, awesome. I love what CeCe's doing on the way out of the song, just the song's just so much fun. And it's it, it's going to last forever, probably. Yeah, yeah. this song was great when it came out. And for all the things I bag on about Poison, this is a song that I still love. Comes on Hair Nation on satellite radio. I'm not turning it off. Um, the thing that stands out for me is I've always loved the chorus. I just, the, the, the way that chorus takes shape, you know, at the drive-in in the old man's Ford behind the bushes till I'm screaming for more. Mo, and then, mo, mo. And, yeah, and then the music, <laughs> and then the music cuts out and it's talked dirty to me. It's just, it's such a catchy, it epitomizes poison. It epitomizes the era. They deserve to have a song like this. That's that, that's that memorable. That is it. it even if you don't know poison or even if you don't like poison, you know, this song, it's a catchy song. You can't not like this song. Um, it's just fantastic to this day, all these years later. So this was their second single number nine on the hot 100. Uh, the riff is legendary. To yeah. me. It defines the era really. And this is, you know, between me saying this is how I discovered the band when I saw them. Uh, this is just Fun. They're a fun band, and and the the whole you know I know there's a part in there that I wrote. <laughs> he does rhyme should and good. Little Ace Fraley there for you. <laughs> yep. The lyrics are still legendary. I can I can tell you two lines. You mentioned one in the old man's Ford. I fucking yep. love that line. Yeah. Right. And then the other one, which again I think they had that business model in their head. CC pick up that guitar and talk to me. How legendary is that? We yeah. you remember it. You might not know who the fucking CC Deville is, but you know that CC's picking up a guitar in that song. Anytime the lead singer introduces a guitar solo is yeah. is just it's automatically awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like Bruce, go go right. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. awesome. Gene does that. Yep. Um, 
it's 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 just for me it's a quintessential song from the era. Uh, let's talk about the video. Cry Tough is playing on the TV. If you notice in the background, mm-hmm. and uh, hit it, CC. And you're like watching this the first time. Who the fuck is CC? Yeah, right. <laughs> and all of a sudden they coming out, and CC's got uh, you know a million guitars. They're colorful. They're running around. They're not standing still. Everybody's got something going on. Even Ricky is back there. You're like, what the fuck is he doing? The way he's playing the drums, everything is like a hiccup. And yeah. uh, like, you, well, it's you funny. can't take your eyes off it. It's funny too because this is just getting into you know rock and roll geekdom. But that's he wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you weren't a rock and roll geek. Yeah, his drums are very flat. Yes, so he doesn't have toms on a, on an angle, so he does look very strange when he's playing because all of his drumming is very across the board, uh, completely level toms and everything else. One thing I'll say about this song too, is there's certain drum intro fills that are iconic. And you're thinking about, uh, the smells like teen spirit. I would throw this one in here. Like anybody can air drum that, you know what I mean? You know, and it's just one of those, subtle things that makes this song very very classic in that all the parts fit together perfectly the other thing about this video the other thing about this video too that struck a chord with me when it came out you know being 13 14 years old um and a lot of my friends and all the girls and everything is there's a there's another song later on in this album too but the way the video starts off with like two old stodgy parents sitting in the living room you know when the phone rings and it's, you know, the devilish grin of Brett Michaels on the other side. And it's, you know, he's calling the house to talk to like when you're like a 13, 14, 15 year old kid and you hear this song and you see that video, you you're 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 there. You're in that space. You're in that yeah. world. And like and you're like this band, uh, this band's talking to me like that. That's me right now. Like I have to call my girlfriend at her house and and talk to her and her mom or dad might answer. And I don't know what to say to them when they do. But, you know, because obviously back then, you know, no cell phones. You had to call your girlfriend and hope her father didn't answer the phone. And if he did, <laughs> or you had to be like, oh, hi, Mr. Johnson, you know, whatever. So I think I think Poison kind of knew what they were doing. And I thought Great that was God. kind of an interesting touch to the video. Yeah, the one thing I want to add to at the end of this is it's almost like a different era was being ushered in when this video came out. And it's the Wizard of Oz. All of a sudden, you go from black and white to color. All of a sudden, boom, here comes poison on the scene. Yep. And they just blew away everything else of this imagery of like these guys and this hair and this makeup. And they're running around and they're having all this fucking fun. It just... It seems like they put all their money into Crytop probably didn't do anything. They put all their money into this video and be like, like kissed trying to impress everybody. Neil Bogart, like, let's fucking show them. Let's put on a show, even though no one's going to be there except one person. No one's in this video shoot, but let's act like we're playing in front of a hundred thousand fans and running around with all this energy. It's addictive. You yep. can't keep your eyes off it. And that's why I thought like, who are these guys? These, they look like they're huge. They look like they're having fun. They probably right. put a lot into it, and it fucking paid off for them. Well, like I said, this video is so visual that the guys that I knew that did this for an air band literally just acted out the whole video. <laughs> yeah, throwing, that's amazing. Throwing, they Even the phone? Pirate, the, the phone, the pirate. <laughs> I vividly remember the pirate flag. I think he made it himself with tape to throw 
and 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 the one guy didn't show up for a rehearsal because he was like always late and it, it was fucking up the whole thing because everybody had to be choreographed into doing exactly what the video was and that worked because this video was it seemed like th- th- their video was very mapped out as well like everything was choreographed and had to be in the right place at the right time uh and that shows and they do a good job of there's just enough women shots to keep yeah. the guys interested. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But ninety percent are the guys. Of course. Boys. They're they're not gonna of lose. Of course. They knew it. Next track. Want some? Need some. Here's a, the, uh, another example uh, of lonely Brett, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which we, we talk about lonely, lonely Paul Stanley. Uh, <laughs> you know, this is a lonely Brett Michaels where he just wants some and he needs some, uh, not love. He just needs sex. Yep. <laughs> you know, I want some, I need some, Hey, Van Halen taught us that everybody wants some and, uh, and Brett is, <laughs> It's is, uh, is, 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 is jumping on that concept as well. So um, once again, another, I think the best way to describe it is just a fun album track. It's very catchy. Want some, need some. And I, I like the, the, the verse too. Uh, I'm not going to try and sing whatever the lyrics are, but just the riff and bound, bound, down, down. Like it's yeah. once again, it's kind of a dirty riff. Um, and uh it's it's a fun tune and and like I said, I always kind of laugh at this guy at the time who's one of the hottest guys in the world in a rock and roll band and probably you know banging at least one chicken night if not two, but he can still put all that aside to to schlep on down to guys like our level and and just just want some need some man I just need someone to love me and he probably wrote these lyrics while someone was giving him a hammer on the back of his tour bus like, oh this is good. This is good. Keep going, baby. You're inspiring me. <laughs> so there's a story out there. Uh, Michael Wagoner, who uh, produced this album. Yeah. They came up to him and they said, okay, you can either take a point on the album or 2,500 bucks. And he listened to the, some of the demos and he's like, I'll take the 2,500 bucks. <laughs> and it was the worst decision he said himself he's ever made. He yeah, makes this record, right? Yeah. 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 But if you would have heard the demo I heard, you would have took the 2500 bucks too <laughs> right so you know this this is metal poison this is about the metalist poison gets really 
And it's good. I like it. Brett, hard time selling like metal songs. And this is, this is a harder song for me to listen to. I love everything CeCe's doing. The build up to the solo, the guitar fills he's doing, all of that stuff. It's Brett that's the problem to me here. And it's not that Brett's a bad singer. He's just, he's average to me, right? Seems like a nice guy. I've never met the guy. But for these type of songs, it hits my ear wrong. And were those bells at the end? Yeah, the wedding bells. The wedding bells. Oh, that's what it is. (laughs) Now he's getting married. Yeah. (laughs) So he's really going, he wants some, he needs some, and he wants to get married, apparently. I'm not sure. Yeah. That's a beauty, buddy. He wants some, needs some. Anybody. Somebody. (laughs) (laughs) He's just just looking for, like, a warm hole right now. But wants some, needs some. This Chris, like you said, like the album tracks, the deeper tracks, like th- those are a lot of the standouts for me. If, if, you, if you want to use the term standout on this album, but um, I like this song. I like the riff. Um, the lyrics are, are the lyrics are hilarious because <clears throat> you're going from some of these songs. to, like you said, Chris, you brought up a great point. Lonely Paul. When you hear those lonely Paul kiss songs, it's like, you know, maybe if I close my eyes, everything will be all right. Cause I don't want to be alone. All right. Really? <laughs> Brett, you know, but then again, he uses the word satisfaction. It just does. doesn't sound right. I I want some. I need some. Whole lot of love and satisfaction guaranteed. To me, that just the song is just not a the word is just not a rock lyric. Uh, but that being said, I like the song. I like I really like the riff in the music in this and the a catchy chorus. So this is a good one for me. Yeah, I, I the thing in there. It's like he's like the horniest loser. And, he, and just, exactly. just two songs ago, he was talking about banging two chicks. He had them both last night. Yep. And he's like this desperate stalking loser. Like, he can't get anything. He'll take anything. Anything. I'll, any girl still here? Anything? Like, it's just, it doesn't go with him. And he even wakes in the morning. He screams, I need a lover just for me. <laughs> what God, like, I'm gonna wake up on the kiss cruise next to you guys and, and, and start reciting some of these lyrics to you guys. I need somebody, anybody, Sonny. What are you doing, Sonny? I need satisfaction guaranteed. Get over here. Oh, it's it's coming up since we're rooming together. Say, like, hey, I want some. I need, <laughs> I need some. I need some. It, it, but he also needs someone custom built for me. Like weird science. I was just gonna something. say he's like freaking weird science. They they, they need, <laughs> need Kelly LeBrock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they built me on the computer, and then what comes next? I'm not going to stand here and listen to this baloney. He won't, you know. He doesn't stand for baloney. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get the, let's get to the next jam. Uh, but on I do the want album. to add one last thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do want ahead, to add please. one last thing. Solo's good, and for the first time, I really like, really liked Ricky's drumming on this song. I think it's a standout. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let's go to Blame It On You. I said, jump back, honey. I said, no can do. 
Um, yeah, once again, like I said, I jumped the gun on this earlier. Sorry, pizzazz and razzmatazz right off the bat. Either that's going to hook you or it's going to turn you off of the song forever. To me, the audacity of it hooks me. I just, I love the fact, once again, that he's like, yeah, fuck it. I'll get away with it. It's something I've done my whole career. If you, uh, if, if you uh, say something with total, uh, what's what I'm looking for? Not consistency, but you totally, what's that? Total confidence, yeah, confidence, and yeah, if you totally drop deep into it and and you play it as straight as you can, you can get away with pizzazz and razzmatazz, and uh, and then he falls it in with, I'd like to slide it in, but where do I begin? Um, totally terrible lyrics, and actually later on, why do you always make a fool out of me? I can't get no nookie, just plain to see. Um, just brutal. What the fuck are you talking about, Brett? You know, <laughs> and, and like I said, the blame it on you. The chorus is singable lyrics, just completely out of control. And this is one of those things where we totally give him credit for look what the cat dragged in, which I'm sure he spent, you know, a week writing. And this is one of those ones. He's like, Oh man, I need some lyrics. And he wrote this in like five minutes and you can tell. So, um, once again, it's an album track and it's exactly where it should be. Even in this placement, third song on the second side is always just one that you just tuck in there just because you have to have 10 songs on a record due to contractual obligations. And this is a song that fulfills those contractual obligations and nothing else. So blame it on you for me. You know, there's no hesitation, right? They get right to the lyrics and thank God, because this song only lasts like two minutes and 32 seconds. <laughs> right? I, yeah, I'm, exactly. And did he rap for nine of those seconds? <laughs> like, I don't know about Brett rapping, Right. So then I'm like, okay, why am I enjoying this song? Because it's, it's kind of kind of so bad, right? It's kind of got this Aerosmith kind of vibe and groove, but I'm like, that can't be it because I don't really like Aerosmith. So what is it? Dude, it's the Paul Stanley chorus. It's the a million to one. That's what it will be. A million to one. He does the same thing in all hell breaking loose. Right? Yeah. It's the same thing. And I'm like, oh, it's the chorus structure that's got me listening to this song. And that's why I'm enjoying it. That's the only thing that saves the song because that rap is brutal. <laughs> Dude, this song, this is Zeus and I were just laughing our asses off. <laughs> I mean, what a weird way to open a song. She's got pizzazz like a razzmatazz. Like what? Like how do you? First of all, how do you write that lyric? But how do you start the song with that? Like I could see if that was like a bridge, or even if that was like part of the chorus you start the song like that and it it it's just and chris you said it not only does he say i can't get no nookie but he says i can't get no nookie it's like <laughs> what do you do like like it's even nobody uses the word nookie except for fred durst nobody uses that lyric now again this is five years six you know eight years removed from friggin limp biscuit but just they can't get this album straight, and which is why when you find out that it was mostly a demo, this is one of those reasons why. Just just a horrible song. Just bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I put the lyrics on this are literally sound like they just made it up on the spot. Right. Right? Just like, all right, everybody go in the room, half an hour, come back with some lyrics. Okay, I got one. 
How about <laughs> razzmatazz? <laughs> like it, it's bad, and the rap in the middle is just no good. And then you, you know, they go back and repeat the first verse as if the first time they sang it wasn't bad enough. But here you go again. She's still <laughs> like a razzmatazz. And you're right, Sonny, the chorus. So the thing about this album, and I'll say, I mean, I'm generalizing right now, but there's, I mean, we laugh and I say, oh, this is horrible, this is horrendous, whatever, the lyric stuff. There's nothing on this album that makes me go, oh, my ears, I got to take this off. I can't listen to this. It's fucking terrible. There's nothing on it like that. For me, they're all pretty, you know, these are just kind of silly filler tracks. But it still has that decent chorus where you're like, oh, that song. But you're still like, yeah, blame it on you. Blame it on you. Like, oh, that works. What can you say? Um, It's pretty general. So, So next song, number one, Bad Boy. Um, <laughs> anytime you start off with laughing, that's, like- <laughs> I mean, once again, like I said, I, I think that they did a great job on the majority of this record. And then there's some of it where it's just like, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of song titles. Um, I love reading the backs of records, even to this day. And like, for example, the new Halloween record just came out yesterday and I saw that they had a song called Skyfall. I'm like, oh, that's going to be a great song no matter what. Um, Number one, Bad Boy, I'm like, that's going to be a shitty song no matter what. (laughs) There's no way that I, Chris Irvin at the time, Chris Jericho now, could ever go, number one, Bad Boy is my favorite song ever. Like, never. And (laughs) this one is a mess. Uh, This doesn't even have the catchy chorus that like Blame None You has or Want Some Need Some. It's just the chorus is almost like a, a, a all hell's breaking loose rap. Number one bad boy, who's to blame? Number one bad boy, ain't that a shame? Like you don't even have to be able to sing to even do that. Yeah. Um, and the, 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 you know, I'm actually cheating a bit. Look at the lyrics: two faced rat race disgrace. I mean, fuck <laughs> off. I'm done. Uh, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. And, and once again, just as a precursor, if if the next song wasn't so badass. I would have given up on this record at this point because I've had it. I've heard what I wanted to hear from it. Now I'm going back to Anthrax. Number one bad boy for me. All right, great riff. Let's get that out of the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good call. But in in the interview I was listening to with Ricky, he was saying the lyrics were inspired by a James Brown song, but he couldn't remember what song it was. (laughs) And I was like, this ain't James Brown. This is Kiss, right? So Two-Faced. Rat race, disgrace, letter Ace. lace. 
I'm sure Ace is like, Space Ace, at your place. Spray me with Mace, Amazing Grace. We could do this. Not your place. Exactly. And then you then you add the Vinnie Vincent guitar solo in the middle, right? And then the hella stupid number one, number one, number one, number one chanting at the end. Dude, this song is bad. Yeah. It's not the worst song on the album, but it for sure the fuck ain't number one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think we're all on the same page with it. The multiple uses of the term rat race is just fucking painful. That's one of the many painful aspects of this song. Like, I'm lost without a time. Chris, you said it, but it was like two-faced, rat race, disgrace. Like, you just said rat race already. Like, we get it. Like, number one bad boy, I'm going to say this again. Have you seen the cover of this album? You're doing play dirty. Now you're doing bad boy. Like it's just, it's just bad. Holy shit. It's bad. Zeus. There's a a kick-ass song that the Beatles covered. I can't remember who originated it. That's just called bad boy. And that song is, is, is the only example of a band singing about a bad boy where you're like, fuck, this is cool. Any other time the word bad boy is used, it's not good. You call a three, you're a bad boy. You call that to a three-year-old, not a bunch of fucking, you know, like you said, 23-year-old guys wearing as much makeup as they can. Not good. Uh, not, not, not good. No. I, I'm having deja vu because I know I said this in a previous episode. Ooh, I'm a bad boy. We're right. bad boys. You were talking Ooh. about that. That was during the Metallica load episode when we were talking about the videos and Lars was growling at the screen. Yeah, yeah, it was real. I'm a cat. Real. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Weren't you just making fun of Poison? I was like, what's with all the makeup and shit and the bows and all? Whatever. I don't want to get distracted, but yeah, you're right. All my friends are two-faced. Dude, you sound, if you look at the last two kind of, uh, this album, the side two, you're like, you're a fucking loser. You can't get laid. You're so desperate. Your friends hate you. You have, all your friends are two-faced. What happened to the stud guy you were just singing about earlier? And you got your ass kicked at Jimmy's Bar and Grill. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's just Brett and and the boys. C.C. DeVille is just not what you would call a threatening man. (laughs) He's not a bad boy. (laughs) He's not somebody you're like instilling fear on like Chris and his buddies after a show. Like, oh, here comes Brett Michaels. Bobby, get over here. The only guy in this band that looks like he could whip some ass if in the right mood is Bobby Doll. He yeah. looks like he's kind of been he's a square peg in the round hole in this band, yep. but he's doing it for a gig. But he's the guy that probably like smacks these guys around sometimes on the tour bus if he's had too much to drink. Yep. Yeah, like, all right, guys, all right, enough. This is like way over the top. I didn't say yeah. to go this far. Yeah, it just <laughs> but the, you know, still, as much as we make fun of the song, the chorus is still there. Number one bad boy. Like it's in your head. You know, he's got that thing there. You can get those choruses going. But yeah, let's end with uh let me go rock and roll. Oh, I mean, let me go to the show. Go Mm -hmm. ahead.
Uh, love this tune. Uh, I think it's a great ending. Uh, once again, the word I was looking for before is commitment. And Brett sings a lot of these vo- uh, lyrics with great commitment because he wrote them. He probably thought they're all genius. I always love it when when a, a band uses the word mama because I never called my mom mama. It was mum. That's yep. M-U-M. That's Canadian mom. Yep. Um, but I love this whole concept. Mama, let me go to the show. And I just, mama, let me go to the show. It, once again, it, it's kind of a heavier riff with uh, lyrics that are a little bit cheesy, but he makes them work. And uh, he shimmies down the tree. So once again, the word shimmy is used, which is amazing. <laughs> and he takes the old man's Chevrolet this time. So he's in the old man's. For- so, the- so Brett comes from a very uh, affluent family. They have a Ford and a Chevrolet. <laughs> and he can take either one. So this one, he decides to go with taking the old man's uh, Chevrolet. And of course, I love the end of it. Of turn that was it. Turn that shit off. Is that what yeah. it is? Yeah. You heard your mother turn yeah. that shit off. Great way to. And then the big crash and burn. It's an awesome album closer. I don't think they ever played this song live, which which bothers me because it it does have that vibe of being a great fucking tune you want to hear in concert. But uh, like I said, as bad as number one bad boy was to me. Uh, Mama, let me go to the show is, is, is the perfect example of why I like Poison. Um, and I like this, this, this album and I like this song. I think it's a great album closer and they did a great job with it. Yeah, I'm with Chris. Great album closer. It's boogie rock, right? Yes. And that's what kind of gets me into it. And for anybody, including me, I have to tell myself this sometimes. It's like, why does CeCe DeVille have a job in this industry at all? Let him listen to this song because he is everywhere. He's soloing under the chorus. Yeah. He's doing all kinds of fills. Everything CC's doing here is why people love CC because it's still fun. It comes off as a very listenable song and it's got really good lyrics and the melody is really good. And then, you know, if you really hated the album, of course, they just tell you at the end, well, shut this shit off. Right. So, yeah. you know, they even do you a favor. So uh, I love it. I think it's a great closer. Yeah, I think we're in agreement here. It's a great, it's a great closer. I love this. Is this this is one of the, might be the first song on the album where musically I love the song. Lyrically, it's it's silly and stupid, but it, it works. You know, I, like Chris said, you know, uh, it's kind of like what I said about the video for "Talk Dirty to Me." You know, bringing the parents into the scene. You know, a, a kid singing to his mom, like "Let me go to the show," then sneaking out of the house and taking his dad's car and going to the concert. You know, and then the song ending with the dad yelling at the kid. You know. They're playing to that teen audience, and I think yeah. that, that I think that makes the song kind of successful. But uh, no, it's a it's a good closer musically. It's a it's a cool tune. Before Zeus, one thing I was going to say is I like we talked before too about Brett uh, doing some of his scatting type stuff. He, he doesn't scat in this, but at the end he does some vamping. No way, son. No way, can't go. Like he he he's 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 feeling this one. Uh, and I'm, I bet you there's a lot of kind of just stuff he did on the fly, but it works very well uh, on this tune. Yeah, I like the song as well. I'm going to echo a lot of your sentiments you guys said. Most I feel like it is an ode to let me go rock and roll. I'm not sure what the solo is, but it's some tricks going on there he's doing. Sonny, that you mentioned about, like little things that he's playing along. It just, again, I dig them bad boys playing that rock and roll. like Again with the with bad, bad boys. boys. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah, exactly. But the guitar is pretty good. I, yep. I like the song. It's a smart way to end the, sh- end the album. So. Yep. That's uh, that's uh, poisons. Look what the cat dragged in. Um, I know we got to the stuff. We've talked about the album. We talked about the band. Let's get to the tracks. Ready to start ranking these? Let's do it. Yes, Chris, you're up first. You're number ten. 
Uh, number one bad boy is number one bad song on the record for me. <laughs> okay. Sonny. Sonny. I would have went with number one bad boy, but I won't forget you is 10 times worse. <laughs> so I went because it was a 10. hit. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm with Chris. Number one bad boy is number 10. Uh, I echo that those sentiments. Number one bad boy is the worst song on this album. Okay. Chris, number nine. I won't forget you. Ooh. Number one bad boy is number nine. <laughs> number nine does not have pizzazz or razzmatazz because blame it on you is, is just, oh, that was almost number 10, but that was a tough one. Uh, number nine, you guys are going to knock like this. I want action. I think Whoa. It's so, oh, wow. wow. I think it's just, it just, it's so bad. Wow. I think the lyrics are just so stupid. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Chris, number eight to you. Uh, blame it on you. Just, uh, we talked about it earlier. Very, very stock, as Lars would say. Yeah, stock. Yep. Uh, I hate to agree, but blame it on you is number eight for me, too. Number eight for me is uh, Jimmy's Bar and Grill. Play dirty. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, number eight for me, want some, need some. And I'm going to be honest Ooh. with you. Like, after f- uh, top five, I think, are there. Six to ten, I can really kind of mix them around. Yeah, uh, it's not a hard thing. Yeah, tomorrow I could have changed it. So that's what I have for my number eight. Want some, need some. Number seven, Chris. Um, play dirty. Okay. Another kind of just it's just there. I have to check to see if he's copying my homework because I had <laughs> place dirty also at number seven. I can see your list in your computer screen beside yeah, you. Was- I'm copying. Yeah. Number seven for me. I won't forget you. Uh, Tom, I echo that. I won't forget you. Number seven. Okay. Chris six. Uh, this is kind of like what you, what you said. I think all these songs now are, are pretty good tunes, but I'll, I'll put, uh, uh, want some, need some in there. Okay. All right. Number six for me, I cry tough. I, I, I just, I don't really like that song that much. Yeah. These next few are kind of all in the same batch. Number six for me is let me go to the show. Wow. Yeah. Um, number six is blame it on you for me. Wow, you had it that high. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Okay, uh, the chorus is in my head. The chorus. Yeah. It's funny. I kind of buried it at first, but when I was making my list, it's higher than I expected. Cry Tough is number five for me. Nice. I have want some, need some, because I need somebody custom built for me at number five. <laughs> Satisfaction guaranteed, Booney. <laughs> a, a lonely, sunny song. <laughs> uh, number, five, number five for me is I want action. Five for me, play dirty. Ooh, wow. Uh, all four of these ones now could be shuffled around, but I'll just, just name them. Uh, Talk Dirty to me, number four. Wow. Oh, number four. Wow. Yeah, number four for me was Let Me Go to the Show. Uh, I got Cry Tough at number four. Let Me Go to the Show for me, number four. Uh, number three is Let Me Go to the Show. Uh, number three for me is I Want Action. Uh, number three, want some, need some. <laughs> wow, that's yes. tough, dude. I'm sorry. That's I love because I I love the music. The lyrics are kind of ridiculous, but it's what are you gonna do? Three, cry tough. I'm laughing because it's getting obvious that we all have the same number one. Uh, oh, yeah. Number two for me is I want action. Two. Uh, number two for me is talk dirty to me. Ooh, you broke it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, number one and two for me are kind of interchangeable, but number two for me is number two for me is look what the cat dragged in. Okay. 
There yep. you go. All right. So, Tom, me and you are the same. Yep. Look what the cat dragged in is number two. But I have those two songs steps above everything. And I could me probably too. change around. It, there's the nostalgia factor for my number one. Me too. What do you got, Chris? Number one, even though look everybody the, knows it. Yeah. Look what the cat dragged in. Yep. That was almost number one for me. But like Zeus said, the nostalgia value for Talk Dirty to me. Sonny. Yeah, that works. Yeah. yeah. I got look what the cat dragged in number one for me, too. Okay. And then me and Zeus got Talk Dirty to me at number one. So we got the we pretty much get the same ones and twos for the most part. Yep. <laughs> I never thought I'd be uh, up on a Saturday morning in a two-hour debate about look, look what the cat dragged in. <laughs> you'd, be, you'd, you'd, be, you'd, be, you'd be arguing the merits of why look what the cat dragged in is number one. <laughs> Sonny, what's the ranking? <laughs> All right. So number four total came out to cry tough. Three was let me go to the show. Two was talk dirty to me and look what the cat dragged in was number one. Those are the overall. All right. All right. Wow. Now the now the good stuff. Yeah. So we do <laughs> album covers and album rankings. I'm gonna zip through this fast because time is of the essence. We've reviewed so far Guns N' Roses Appetite for Destruction, White Snake Slide It In, Van Halen OU812, Soundgarden Super Unknown, Def Leopard Pyromania, Metallica Load, Iron Maiden Peace of Mind, Bon Jovi, Bon Jovi. Ozzy Osbourne, Blizzard of Oz, Alice in Chains, Jar of Flies, Winger, Winger, Single Soundtrack, Tesla, Mechanical Resonance, Ingve Malmsteen's Odyssey, Hailstorm Debut, Rat, Deadnator, ACDC, Highway to Hell, Great White, Once Bitten, Poisons, Look What the Cat Dragged In. And we're going to include Chris on this list. And so this is going to be fun because we don't know any of his list. So this is album covers first. So what yes. do you got for your, what, what do you got for your album covers, Chris? Your Chris is on your list. Oh. The best <laughs> things in life. Um, I, I rank these in in albums. You guys are really milking the, the shit out of this uh, this stuff. But um, hell yeah, I'll, we always rank the albums. <laughs> yeah, we do the covers I got, first. I got the, I got the albums ranked, and I'll just I'm going to do them at the same for me. Okay, go ahead. Okay. So uh, are we doing from worst to best? Yes. Yes. And Nine they kind of actually even fit, to be honest with you. But my worst. Uh, uh, let's do let's do albums, and you guys can do covers. Okay. So let's do, let's do, is that cool? The albums first. Go ahead. We'll do the albums. Yeah. yeah. Bon Jovi is at the is at the bottom of my list. Wow. What? Yeah. Wow. Don't even own that record. Never liked it. Ooh. Wow. Saw them live, open for the Scorpions, and thought they were. I thought these guys will never make it. Ooh. <laughs> and he would have took the twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah, exactly. Easily. Yeah. I was like, what a stupid name, Bon Jovi. That's ridiculous. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Listen to it, Chris. You'll like it. Do I go through the whole list? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do okay. your whole, do your whole list. Sorry. Okay. Then the, uh, Winger, uh, Detonator, Once Bitten. And by the way, what was the song from Once Bitten that was? Uh, is it all over now? Yeah, all over now. Yeah, that should have been a huge hit. I hadn't heard that yes. song in years until I listened to you guys' show. That that yep. was great. Uh, Odyssey, Mechanical Residence, Resonance, Hailstorm, Jar of Flies, Singles. Look what the cat dragged in. Super Unknown, Slide It In, OU812, Pyromania, Load, Highway to Hell, Peace of Mind, Blizzard of Oz, and probably the greatest rock and roll record of all time, Appetite for Destruction. Nice. nice. Great rankings. We are lucky to have you, Chris, for this time. We really appreciate you coming on, buddy. And uh, who knows? Maybe we make this a thing. Depends on the album. 
Yeah, anytime you guys got you're going to do one, let me know and I'll jump in. Uh, I'll cherry pick the ones that I like. But uh, like I said, this was a fun one. And next time we should do it later on at night because it probably would have been even more fun if I could have some uh, some vodka with it. <laughs> that is true. Chris, thanks for joining us, buddy. This was a blast. Thank you. And I think um, I'm not sure when you guys are going to air this show, but our uh, Rat Classic Album Clash is actually on June 25th. So anybody that's listening that wants to hear us debate the merits of uh, out of the cellar versus invasion of your privacy. Uh, that will be on June 25th. Awesome. Chris, talk to Jericho. My, that's my birthday. Well, that's why oh, I put it there. I knew yeah. that. So that's my present to you, Zeus. There thanks, you go. Brother. Chris, Chris, thanks, buddy. Really, yeah, Cheers, we really guys. appreciate this. Yeah. Next time, buddy. All right. Thank you. Eat a dick, Sonny. Oh. Right. <laughs> thanks for that clip. Oh, that is the greatest clip ever. Oh, man. So that was Chris. And uh, obviously, he's uh, quite an important person, unlike us three schmucks. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I was going to say, I've never hung up on him. Why is he hanging up on us? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even tell you to eat a dick or something. Yeah, I know. Like, What's that all about? That was great. <laughs> <laughs> I think the album got to him. He's like, yeah, why don't you go eat a dick? So for us, because, you know, this this was going at a real fast pace before, we're going to slow it down for you and break this down a little more. We're going to do our rankings. So for us, our album cover rankings. Um, Sonny, do you want? Do you have your list? Yeah, yeah. So my list today, from best to worst, goes: Peace of Mind, Slide It In, Once Bitten, Blizzard, Pyromania, Appetite, Highway to Hell, Mechanical Resonance, Hailstorm, Bon Jovi, Detonator, Single Soundtrack, Winger, Super Unknown, Jar of Flies, Odyssey, OU812, and Load. And this album cover, although iconic is one step better than Blood and Semen of the Load at wow. number 18. Second to last? Yes. Wow. Okay. Okay. All right. So I got my list here. So I got Blizzard of Oz, Highway to Hell, Peace of Mind, Appetite for Destruction, Pyromania, Once Bitten, Mechanical Resonance, Slided In, Hailstorm, Odyssey, Jar Fly, Super Unknown Singles, Bon Jovi, Winger, Load, OU812, Detonator. I'm not going to try to convince anybody it's a great cover, but it's iconic. And, and nowadays it's kind of hilarious. I'm putting it right in the middle at number 10, right uh, above Odyssey and below Hailstorm. So it's in a little Lizzie Hale, Jolyn Turner sandwich. Okay. Yep. All right. So I had Blizzard of Oz, Appetite for Destruction, Peace of Mind, Slided In, Highway to Hell, Pyromania, Jar of Flies, Once Bitten, Mechanical Resonance, Super Unknown, Single Soundtrack, OU812, Bon Jovi, Hailstorm, Odyssey, Winger, Detonator, Load. Sonny Pooney, I agree with you 100%. It's just above Load. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it's just above a Load on the okay. cover of Load. Yeah, it's fucking horrendous. Let's be blunt. I like it. I think it's Uh, funny. If that's what you think, let's go to the actual album. Uh, Yeah, Sonny, your rankings. All right. So today it goes Hailstorm, Slided In, Appetite, Mechanical, Once Bitten, Pyromania, Winger, Peace of Mind, Bon Jovi, Highway to Hell, OU812, Blizzard, Odyssey, Singles, Detonator, Super Unknown, Jar of Flies, Load. That is how my albums rank today. Mm Mm-hmm. I will tell you, this album is better than Load, Jar of Flies, Super Unknown, Detonator, and yes, Singles. 
I have it at number 14 behind Odyssey. You're fucking wow. high, but that's okay. I love you anyways. <laughs> All right. I got Mechanical Resonance, number one, single soundtrack, Pyromania, Highway to Hell, Jar of Flies, Appetite for Destruction, Once Bitten, Odyssey, Hailstorm, Blizzard of Oz, Super Unknown, Load, Slide It In, Winger, Detonator, OU812, Bon Jovi, Peace of Mind. Drum roll, please. We have, you're going to make me, drum roll, please, because we have a new cellar dweller. (laughs) Look what the cat dragged in is last i i it's got it's got too much it's a fun nostalgic album but it's an album all these other albums i would i would willingly go out of my way to listen to portions of them at any other time we have you know we have an album review crew playlist where with every album look what the cat dragged in it's just this is just not an album i would go to it just i just can't do it can't do it all right Number uh, one for me was Blizzard of Oz, then Pyromania, Appetite for Destruction, Highway to Hell, Mechanical Resonance, Singles, Jar of Flies, Bon Jovi, Super Unknown, Slide It In, Once Bitten, Detonator, Peace of Mind, Load, Hailstorm, Odyssey, OU812, and Winger. I paused there because just above Winger, number 18 for me, look what the cat dragged in. You like this better than Winger? Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Woo. Yeah. Wow. Um, their two best songs are much better than the best two songs on Winger. Wow. And okay. in addition to that, I almost put it above OU812, but I fucking love When It's Love. I love um, Finish What You Started. I love that song. So, um, yeah, I put it at number 18. So uh, this didn't do too well uh, other than... Uh, I believe uh, Jericho put it at number 10 for him. Yep. yep. Yeah. Um, well, that was it. Next Yikes. pick is me. No oh boy. And that'll yep. be the 20th album yep. done by us. Yep. Yeah. So get used to it because I'm going to go off the board. So we'll see what comes up. Tom, Sonny. What we do next is this. All right. So what makes me rock hard? Ah. Uh... <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm going to tell you about this movie that I saw. I'm going to tell you it's a little bit of a disturbing movie. It's not horror, but uh, uh, it's it's disturbing anyway. The movie's called Burning Palms. Okay, it got released in 2010, and it was written and directed by a guy named Christopher Landon, who is popular for the Param- uh, Paranormal Activity series, mm-hmm. and he's also son of Michael Landon. Okay. If you didn't know that, okay. So this movie, it's basically five stories. It's five short stories, one after the other. They don't really intertwine much. And it's taking place in Southern California. And the the five stories are about incest, shame, revenge, same-sex p- parenting, and rape. Okay? So the first story is about <laughs> there's a couple and the fiancé, the woman, is disturbed by how close 
the father and daughter are from a previous marriage. She thinks it's a little too close. It's an interesting story. The second story is about a girlfriend who's agreeing to participate in an interesting sex act, but then realizes she can't get the odd smell off of her finger afterwards. So there's a story about that. What is then there, right now? Yeah. Then there's a story about a, a, a gay couple in Hollywood who adopt a African girl off the black market. That's interesting. And then have buyer's remorse. The fourth story is about, <laughs> about a couple of rich kids that are cared by a druggy nanny who discovered that their maid has committed murder in the past. And the fifth one, the last story, is about a masked man who breaks into an apartment, rapes a woman, and then the woman stalks him because he left his wallet behind, and she wants to get raped again by him. Now, you think this movie is crazy. It is a little bit. It's got Zoe Saldana, Jamie Chung, Dylan McDermott, Rosamund Pike, Lake Bell, Shannon Doherty, Emily Mead. Like, there's some actors in this film. I, I wanted to turn it off. But it was one of those films that kind of grabbed me, and I couldn't stop watching. I had to see it all the way to the end. But it is an interesting watch. You should try it. Burning palms. I am not rooming with you with the cruise anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody fingered somebody fingered someone's ass and couldn't get the smell of shit off their finger. That's right. Um, yeah, I, I'm guessing that. So I hope that's not a fucking running theme at the at the on the Kiss cruise. Sonny's going to be like, satisfaction guaranteed. Remember that movie I told you about? I want some. All right. So for me, um, I actually just discovered this. So we're we're recording on Saturday the 19th. I actually just discovered this literally yesterday on Friday the 18th. And I shared it on my personal Twitter page. And it is a podcast, a new podcast called Backstaged, with a D, Backstaged, The Devil in Metal. And... It is hosted by author John Wiederhorn, who, if you're not familiar with that guy, he is the co-author of, in my opinion, the greatest book on hard rock and heavy metal ever made. It came out in 2014, I believe, and it's called Louder Than Hell, The Definitive Oral History of Metal. It is spectacular. It's huge. It's a huge book, huge book. And he just created this podcast called Backstaged the Devil in Metal. Um, and a, a brief description of it is a time machine through the origins of metal music, its connection to darkness and decadence, the lifestyle of many of its followers and how it upped the ante on the phrase sex, drugs and rock and roll. It might be the colossal doom of Sabbath, the cutting precision of priest and Iron Maiden or the graphic lyrics of Slayer. But metal is the devil's music. Some fans have fallen under its seductive spell, turning them into rebellious beasts. Author and music journalist John Wiederhorn is your host with insightful and sometimes outrageous interviews with musicians from over 30 years. Take a trip through the tropes of metal and examine and sometimes celebrate what makes metal so lasting. Hear from members of Black Sabbath, Metallica, Pantera, Slayer, Anthrax, Motley Crue, and many more. It is a narrative type podcast. What that means is he doesn't have guests on. He It's kind of like an, uh, an audio version of like a documentary. Um, and it is, it, it's spectacular. I listened to the first episode, um, which is called the satanic verses volume one. So the first two episodes are two parts of satanic verses one and two. Uh, and it talks about kind of like the history of the devil in music and like what was going on at the culture in time. And then he has, um, episodes about black Sabbath episodes about sex and girls. Then he has an, uh, a two part episode about heroin and what that did to a lot of music and artists in the eighties and nineties, 
Um, and then his most recent one is uh, part one of his story about Judas Priest. If you're into this stuff, it is spectacular. Again, he he plays sound clips of interviews, but it's just him and it's a narrative style podcast. Um, it's excellent. And if you have not read the book Louder Than Hell, it is by far the greatest book. And it's in oral history style, which is my favorite style. So check it out. Backstaged with a D. Backstaged the devil in metal. Yeah. Wow. That sounds pretty cool. It's great. Um, for me. I I picked uh, it's an HBO original TV series. It was only it's a limited series. It was out for seven episodes, and that was Mayor of East Town. Uh, I zipped through that rather quickly, and it starts. Don't spoil don't don't spoil it because I have it on my radar to watch it. So don't. So and then uh, that's the killer, <laughs> and then yeah, everybody's dead. And the butler did it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it stars Kate Winslet, uh, Gene Smart. A guy Pierce, who I love in anything yep. he does, he's awesome. Yep. And it also starts Julianne Nicholson. I don't know if you know who that is, Tom. The name sounds very okay. familiar. She's been in a bunch of TV shows. I think she was on uh, a form of um, uh, Law and Order, Criminal Intent. She was on that. Okay. But she was also excellent in the small part where I remember her from, and that was from Boardwalk Empire, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. So. She is someone you should know, Tom, because she's born and raised in Medford, Massachusetts. No shit. And she wow. went to Arlington Catholic. What? Yeah. And is she shaped like a woman at least? <laughs> she's cute. Ju- she's What's been- her name? <laughs> Julie Ann Nicholson? Yep. Yep. She's uh she you'll remember her. She was one of the um if you remember Boardwalk Empire, which is fantastic. She was the female, I think, prohibition uh agent. Dude, she's, she's been a lot of shit. Because shows. she's got like this Irish look to her a little yes. bit. She's, yes. she's hot. Yeah. Okay. She's, she, she's older now. I'm looking at a picture of her and it's starting to look familiar. So she's two years older than me. So I was a sophomore when she was a senior then. Yep. She went to okay. AC and she grew up in Medford. Okay. Um. Anyways, the, the story of the, the is she's a detective. Um. Kate Winslet is. There's a murder in town. And uh, it's taking place in some place in Pennsylvania. And, the, and there's a running gag that going on. It was so much so that they actually did an SNL skit on it, parodying that they use this like really obscure regional Philadelphia accent known as the Delco accent after the Delaware County um, in West Philadelphia. Like, you know, Kate Winslet's like one of those Jodie Foster. Let me learn this accent shit. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty intense. I can tell you, you'll watch this movie and you're like, you, you're always kind of trying to predict. It's got a satisfying ending, meaning like, okay, things get resolved. Okay, and good. I like that. And there's a couple twists and turns. And that one main like part of the, you know, solving the crime or whatever, the action sequence was going to make you go. Oh! And I love that shit. Great. Love nice. it. Good. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good I've, show. It's a little, little slow in the beginning, yep. but it picks up. Nice. Yeah, I've heard a lot about it, so it's good to know. Sonny, where can people find you besides 10,000 different podcasts? Uh, easiest place is growinguprock.com. Uh, well, we just got uh, gets past our second hundred episode, right? 200th episode. Is that second hundred to 200? I don't know. But 200th. anyway, we're still going. And uh, Podcast Rock City live Sunday, every Sunday. Live Sunday, every Sunday. Live Sunday, every Sunday. Tom, are we around? 
Yeah, we're around. Um, if you're listening to us for the first time, we are uh, an all kiss podcast that releases new episodes every Saturday. Uh, we release these album review crew episodes once a month. Uh, we're not for non kiss albums. So hope you enjoyed this one. And if you're new to the show, check us out with uh, our regularly weekly kiss episodes and uh, where we can be heard on all the major platforms and you can reach us at shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. And we're on all the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and we're part of the uh, great Pantheon podcast network of uh, shows, tons of great shows, all different kinds of genres and hosts and topics. So check us out. And don't forget if you're any of your shout it out loud cast or album review crew gear, um, you can get that from clicktshop.com. Ed over at clicktshop.com. So you can get all your gear that has our stuff on there. And they also have a lot of great kiss inspired gear t-shirts and designs ed's pretty talented nice guy so give him some love uh please don't forget our uh patreon account if you're interested in that please take a look uh you can find that on the patreon app and you search for creators you'll find shout it out loudcast and or patreon.com and then if you look you can also see notice the episode notes you'll have a link to there and uh and you can go to our email, our Patreon account, and uh, plenty other places where you can find us. And I always like to repeat our email, which is shoutedoutloudcast at gmail.com. Shoutedoutloudcast at gmail.com. And we love the interaction, so you can always you know, follow us on YouTube, uh, send us direct messages on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever you like. The interaction is what we thrive on, so... Uh, please, I'm sure we'll get a lot of it from this one, oh, good yeah. and bad. So please mm-hmm. make sure it's what makes the show. We love that you guys interact with us, and uh, let's. And I'm sure it's <laughs> gonna bring out the best and worst of you guys. So we'll see how that goes. We like to end our show with famous last words, and that is lyrics from the album we just reviewed. Sonny, lead us off, buddy. No tell, motel, hotel, bed. If it wasn't for the sunlight, I'd swear I was dead. I got a girl on the left of me and a girl on the right. I know them damn well. I slept with both last night. Oh, boy. All right. Hey, sweetheart. Slide on in here. No, not in front. Jump in the back. Why? Because there's something back there I want to show you. <laughs> I, I had to throw that in. It's so bad. Oh. <laughs> well. <laughs> well. <laughs> we can't I, even get through the lyrics without laughing. I was going to do the, like, the, the, the most famous one here. She's got pizzazz. <laughs> but we, we already hit that a couple times. But this song has more. So I want a little reaction. How about a kiss or two? She said, jump back, honey. I said, no can do. <laughs> this is fucking horrible. So bad. Oh, uh, Chris Jericho, thank you. Sonny Pooney, thank you. Tom, thank you. 
uh, album review crew, listeners, loudcasters, Kiss Army, and Poison fans and haters. Thank you. Yeah, always love to hang. Love Jericho. And I got a message for Brett Michaels. I blame this whole damn mess, honey, right on you. Well said, Sonny. Guys, thank you so much. Chris Jericho, thank you so much for joining us. It was awesome having you. Great time. Sonny, as always. Zeus, great time. Uh, Poison fans, stand up and defend your band if you think you need to, or you can jump on with us and uh, have at it with whatever you want with this album, because we had a blast talking about it. So thank you, everybody, as always. Peace out, Girl Scout. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.